Metal Convoy now approaching Tannity Towers. High possibility of non Euclidean topography. Please ready your weaponry and await further instructions. Welcome back to Discovering SCP, Discovering SCP 1730, Part 3, the final part? Question mark. Uh, it's me, Tanhini, uh, your good friend Darnell, maybe your enemy, I don't know. And we've got a special guest this week. I am also Tanhini. Hello. This is I can't great. believe there's two of them. I'm your I'm your dark <laughs> I'm your dark interloper. <laughs> oh my god, doppelganger. I thought dark I killed Keter you. Dark Keter Tanhoney. It's me, American Tanhoney. Oh my god. I'm sorry, Tan. I helped resuscitate him so he could kill you and take your I, place. I was in a crypt and he brought me back. You should have let me stay dead. <laughs> You're not me. I've come to suckle at your juices. <laughs> and there we, there we have it. <laughs> Welcome to the Discovery SCP. Yeah, this is our uh, special guest, Dark Tan Honey. Yes, I'm Dark Tan Honey. Uh, in some circles, they call me DJ Cactus. Those circles are wrong. Mm-hmm. This is where you heard it first, folks. That's right. Yeah. You heard it. You heard it here. All this entire time, I've just been a. Uh, phantom copy of Tanhony wreaking havoc nope. on the SCP. You, you know what? You know what Dark Tanhony is. It's like Yugi and Yami. How they were like the hieroglyphs <laughs> of fucking cactus. <laughs> Tanhony's the modern reincarnation. My Millennium Puzzle. <laughs> I'm. Uh, I'm actually. It's like uh, the the Dark Link fight in Ocarina of Time, where you're. <laughs> it's an endless lake, and you can only swing the hammer at me because if you swing the sword, I'll get you. I know the sword, but you swing that hammer at me. No, no, no. Can't deal with that. The hammer is good by nature. Darkness cannot imitate it. <laughs> so, darkness can't deal with the hammer. I can't deal with uh, uh, the British things. Strip me up. So whenever he starts talking, you know, oh, what's all this then? I would name I, a British thing, but it's all stolen from other countries. <laughs> That's funny. Epic joke. What about tea? Oh, uh, yeah, that was stolen. That's true. So I hear you guys are reading my article. Yeah, you've mm-hmm. been reading it for the last couple of weeks, actually. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I've heard. I heard a lot of people are, are, are uh, very put off about that. Yeah. Do you want to do some silly voices with us while we read it? Yeah, that's fine. So, okay, cool. Donnell, where were we last time? I know you don't remember, but wait, that's hold on. That's not the question. The question is, how many SCPs do we have today? How many SCPs do we have today? Count them. Point three three repeating. If 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 only I. Uh, it, it's, it is wild to me now, with the benefit of hindsight, how I ever got through with this thing. Just yeah. this log alone is longer than a lot of other things I've written in its entirety. Boy, howdy. I just, it was just I, a whole, it, guys, it was a different time. I don't know and how you, know you did what? it. That's I do fair. not have the attention, I don't have the attention span to write something this long. Because this I, was written in, let me check the date. There's like a billion pages I have to scroll through. I think it was 2017. I, 2015. April 2015. Correct. If I'm, if I'm saying, though, there was a big update to it later on there. Yeah. yeah, it's okay. I like reading past Tanhony SCPs because all I can think about is, wow, Tanhony was 14 years old. Oh my god. <laughs> He's so tiny. He's still 14 years old. He never ages. I'm yeah. a vampire. <laughs> a 14-year-old vampire that's the edges stage to be frozen in. <laughs> yeah, Mom. I'm, an, I'm a 14-year-old vampire that writes fiction on the internet. It's called literature. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, my melting! <laughs> He's <laughs> just always sitting on a window ledge reading an Edgar Allan Poe book. <laughs> uh, so what do you guys want me to do? You want me to do the uh, narration? Well, I, I don't care. We usually split up voices. If there's narration, you can do it if you want. I have to say there's a lot of narration. Um, 
There's we're a lot on, of narration. We're on point nine, right? Uh, point mm-hmm. nine, yes. Don't know what happened last time. You dodged the question. Sorry, the last time... Uh, last they, time on Discovering last, SCP. Last time, uh, after our last friends got lost, they were like, send in Mobile Task Force Town 5 Samsara. And we got like the fucking... And then all the fucking androids came in and Henri destroyed my throat and also there was that doctor who was Exodia, I think. That's true. He, he was, was Exodia. He, he was strapped to Exodia. Yeah, he was strapped to Exodia. He's like, in the Shadow Realm now. He was like Kaiba. Yeah. It's, it was like uh, Gara and Naruto with the big sand guy. Yes. He, uh, that uh, True story. Uh, fever dream I had one time. That's where that came from. Mm. Yeah, I really, I, I really like this. The, the fucking uh, I can't remember its name because it's, it's a long sequence of letters and numbers. But I love that creature. It's it is it's it's a uh, it's Maladramagian is how that is pronounced. Maladramagian. What's that word? Maladramagian. No, what is it? I don't understand. It doesn't it, it doesn't mean anything. It's just it's a, a word cool, I made up. I, cool. I'm gonna I, I'm gonna I, start I, walking up to people real Maladramagian over and I, over until they I, go away. I, I I clenched real hard and the creation part of my brain heaved a sigh and that little bit came out and it was Maladramagian. That's where it came from. It's a good sounding word. It sounds like it means something at least. That, that's how writing works, by the way. You just and there it is. Yeah, it's like taking a shit, but it's <laughs> exactly what time it is. expensive. <laughs> a little less productive, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> a little less productive than shitting. I feel uh, that. Okay. There we go. So, all uh, right. So, point nine. Right. We've got extraction video log transcript date. You're the author. You have to tell us the date. That's the rule. Some. T- uh, I actually think there are more. Well, no, there are four. Okay, I was uh, just looking at my screen. They looked like there were more than four characters in the year. There are not. Okay. Uh, say twenty twenty September eighth, twenty twenty, happening today. Wow, right? we did it. Pretty good. We did it, guys. <laughs> Wait, what? What does that mean for the future logs? <laughs> oh, it's gonna be rough. All right, so we've got Recovery Team, Mobile Task Force, Tau-5, Samsara. Exploration mm. Team, Mobile Task Force, Apollo 3, Game Awardens. Exploration Team, Mobile Task Force, Z9, Mole Rants. Subject, 1730. And then we've got our boy Arantu again. I forgot his voice. Hollis and Ross. I forgot and everyone's then, voice. Oh, my God, look how many fucking And they say Infinity War is the greatest crossover of all time. <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't know if I'm strong enough. <laughs> To remember all the names I have here, I'm going to open a notepad. Every okay. now and then, I will get a message on Wikidot where they'll say, Hey, uh, this character that you established later in 1730, uh, that, they had a different name or did not exist earlier in 1730. And I don't... I, ha- I have a job. I'm I don't want to be Onru again. Yeah, that's fair enough, man. Don't worry about I, I it. I guess I'll be Onru <laughs> I, I really don't want to be Onru again because I know you'll fucking make me I feel me like, if, voice we, like you... if we start dulling out rules, this will be the whole episode, so I feel like we should just <laughs> take it as we go. I'm going to be Irantu, Manru, Nanku, Houston. Houston, not Houston. I guess I'll be... Wait, who are you again? I'm Irantu, Manru, Nanku, Houston. Why do I keep saying Houston? Houston. Finally, that's Tan saying Houston. So you're Irantu, Manru, Nanku, and Houston. Houston. I guess Houston. I'll be Hollis Ross. I'll be Andre. I'll take that bullet for you. And Vigo. I, I can't oh. believe friendship went this hard. Oh, God. Hang on. Let me get a notepad open. Yeah, uh, I open as well to keep track of I know, I know Tian said don't do this. It'll take the whole time. But we've tried to do every other person, and it never works. Because Can every we... other time, there were, like, a maximum of five people. So I'm doing Ohalo, Moros, and Willow. 
Are we allowed to swear on this show, by the way? Yeah, I'm, yeah. absolutely. Right. Fucking, yeah. Thank hey, fucking God. Until okay. we have a thousand subscribers, we don't make any money, so we have no There is no nice. policy control. This right. ain't your grandma's podcast. <laughs> I, I do love that. Okay. Uh, I'll do the narration, too, just because I wrote go it. Go for I'm it. Yeah. You wrote it. You have right. to do it. That's true. Here we go. Notes. The following is an audio video transcript of an extraction and recovery mission carried out by the members of Mobile Task Force Tau 5, Samsara, after having made contact with surviving members of Mobile Task Force Apollo 3 and Mobile Task Force Zeta 9. Aside from the members of the Mobile Task Forces, the team was asked by recovering, was tasked with recovering 27 surviving begins. members of Site 13 staff, including Dr. Muhammad Scott, a Site 13 assistant director of temporal studies. Several of these individuals had sustained significant injuries, further increasing the, dis the difficulty of extraction efforts. Members of Mobile Task Force Alpha 20 Holy Divers were stationed above ground and were prepared to move in and to aid in extraction efforts once the recovery team had escaped the lower levels of the site. Begin log. Okay, I know my brain's rotted from anime, but for some reason my first thought was they should have just had the 27 members fight each other to the death and the last one got the right to be rescued. <laughs> the last, the <laughs> last one gets Joker. to escape. We're going to have right. tryouts. <laughs> They're, they're like, let them fight. Mike's on. Are we really worried about recording all, recording all of this? Hey, Vigo, <laughs> shut the fuck up. Do what he says. Your lead, Power Ranger. Uh, thank you. Anru has prepared an evacuation plan. I will let her explain it. <laughs> I shouldn't have picked Anru. <laughs> I didn't even know Anru was a girl. That's why I gave her, like, a dark demon voice. <laughs> I feel like I have to carry that gun, though. Our, tra our travel paths from this position are compromised by the entity in the data center and the creature in the atrium. <laughs> yeah, I have to carry that on by the end of the sentence. After speaking with Dr. Scott and his team, we devised a route that leads us as far away from the current major threats as possible. Unfortunately, our information on all threats is incomplete. Even Dr. Scott was not privy to information on all contained entities in the site. As such, we should still proceed with extreme caution. This is likely already well understood. Yeah, just a bit. All right, so what's the route we're taking? Reduces the topographical map. Our entry routes are here and there. Here and here. The largest obstacles we're experiencing currently are the spatial instabilities within the lower levels of the site. On suggestion of Dr. Scott and Captain Hollis, our route will first travel to the section of the facility where the fresher device is contained. This device is the cause of the instabilities, and while it is not possible to completely disable the device without risking our own lives or the lives of above-ground personnel, we should be able to reduce power to the device long enough for us to create a stable path to the surface following this route here. I'm, oh, I'm Hollis. I got the last yeah. one shortly after our insertion and opened that room. I was attacked by a number of creatures that were difficult to perceive, likely due to some latent anti-mimetic effects. I was able to escape them, but they're no doubt still there. That machine draws a frankly impossible amount of energy from some energy source elsewhere in the site, and those creatures I saw feed off of it, so there's that. How the fuck do you always randomly pick the guys that talk the most? <laughs> why, why don't we send a team ahead to, to, to why, why don't we send a team ahead to disable the machine and then meet up with them before heading up? Isn't that what they're doing? Oh, uh, <laughs> we will not have enough time, and the probability of our success drops dramatically if we split up our team. Once the device is powered down, it is likely that we will have less than an hour to make our escape before it trips its fail-safes and powers back up again. We will just have to make our push from there, hoping that it buys us enough time. All That's right, cool. 
Your assignments are as follows. Tau 5 will take point. Apollo 3 will take the right and left flanks, and Zeta 9 will take up the rear. The healthiest survivors will stay near the back, and those with more serious injuries will be near the front near Tau 5. And wait, I thought Tau 5 was just the name of the squad. Is that like a like a thing? No, that's just the that's the designation. That's the team. Oh. No, okay. that's Samsara is Tau 5. Okay. In the event that we are flanked or assaulted, follow typical multi-force defensive assignments while allowing Tau-5 to intercept the higher threats. <laughs> Maintain clear lines of communication. Tau-5 and the task force captains have channeled priority. Keep chatter to a minimum. You will all have plenty of time to speak once we reach the surface. Uh, our priority right now is extracting these people and staying alive. Uh, unless you're in Samsara, in which I get, in case I guess you guys are free to do what you want. Uh, for the rest of us mortals, it doesn't help us to let the Power Rangers get mulched since we're likely shit out of luck if they go belly up. Okay, I'm stupid. I just now realized it's a combination of two teams. I was like, why are some of these guys very human talking and the other ones are clearly robot? <laughs> Agreed. Does everyone understand our mission? All task force members are in agreement. Everyone's at the same time. I, I, would like to, I would like to thank you in advance yes. uh, that you wrote all task force members are in agreement instead of having every fucking yeah, person yeah, be like, yeah, 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 yeah. okay, all righty. <laughs> so we'll We're just all standing around nodding. Yes. Acceptable. I will take point. We need to move quickly. Gather your things, prepare the civilians, and we will leave shortly. Teams break to assemble in their formation. Civilian survivors are briefed on the mission plan and positioned in the middle of the block. Uh, Captain, at the main door! There are leeches coming under the door! Shit! Iranto, we need to roll. Agreed. Let's move out. Munru, Nanku, collapse the main door. We will exit expediently out the- Ooh, expediently? Expediently? Out, out the side. Gladly. The block moves out of a side door through towards a side hallway. T5, Nanku, and Moonru hang back to set explosive charges around the doorframe. Leeches are beginning to work their way under the doorframe and through the cracks in the walls. As they step away from the door, Nanku opens her flamethrower on the leeches. It feels like leaving a safe room in Love for Dead. <laughs> I cannot say that you're making a difference, Nanku. There are likely many more leeches elsewhere. This is very satisfying to me. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you, you, you go ahead. You go ahead. Continues to burn leeches coming through the walls. It is delicious. This sounds like something I would say. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That's why I did it in your fucking tuny voice. Moonru and Nanku, Nanku move quickly to join the rest of the group, which has begun moving down the side hallway. As they pass through the first door, there is an explosion, and the building around them shakes. From beneath the group, a loud, uncanny screaming sound is heard. I think they know we're cut moving. Undoubtedly. The group continues down a series of hallways towards a stairwell, stopping occasionally to check for hostile entities. After a short time, Tau 5 Moonru calls a halt. My optics are pinging. Pauses. Strange. Move everyone back. I will scout ahead. Tau 5 Moonru comes around a corner of the hallway, weapon drawn. His scramble optical implant highlights a dangerous meme on the wall. At the far end of the hallway... <laughs> it's Pepe, by the way. Hello. <laughs> I don't say that in the article, but anytime you see the word meme, it's Pepe. I was just talking to Ted about that last episode. Like, I know meme is like an SCP thing, and it's like a memory thing, right, but every fucking time. Thing. No, 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 no. It's, yeah. it's, it, it's the frog. It's the frog. <laughs> I can't believe it. It's really him. <laughs> it's, the, it's that goddamn frog. They keep him here <laughs> at the, the base of Site 13. <laughs> That's where he was born. At the far end of the hallway, a vaguely humanoid entity, the same entity as seen during a previous remote drone exploration of SCP-1730, is seen drawing on a wall with a long, curved finger. 
Moonru projects an image of the entity to Nanku, who rounds the corner behind Moonru. I think I remember. Is this like the Grim Reaper guy that was in the room in one of the previous logs? And yeah, with like a scratching. big hat. With a big, with a big old hat. Yeah, big, big hat Logan from Dark Souls. It is absolutely big hat Logan. <laughs> I was big hat Logan. Oh, dude, big hat Logan is king. Is Holy big hat Logan? Big hat finger is his name. This guy. <laughs> big hat finger. Big, he's got a big hat and he's got a finger. His big hat finger. I respect it. Suddenly, the entity turns towards Moonru and Nanku and opens a single white eye, which is immediately processed and blocked by the scramble units. The entity begins to move very quickly down the hallway, changing dramatically as it moves. The entity becomes considerably larger, and its long robe flare out to either side, exposing additional hazards that are blocked by the scramble units. Moonru and Nanku raise their weapons and fire. The creature reels backwards as it is struck by bullets with large holes opening across its flesh. Moonru reloads, loading incendiary rounds, and fires again, setting the creature on fire. As it staggers backwards, the entity begins to scratch madly against the wall to the right, seemingly attempting to dig through the wall away from the gunfire. Nanku takes one more shot, striking the entity in its eye and causing it to collapse onto the ground. No, one thing was so young. One thing I will say that I really like, um, and granted, it is very anime, but that's kind of my thing. I was talking to Tan about this earlier, how he was mentioning when we first started this that Samsara, like, the big boys. They're, like, the last people you call because they kill everything. So the fact that, like, that was a creature earlier that was just basically an obstacle. There was nothing the other team could do about it. But Samsara mm-hmm. comes in, they fucking kill it. Yeah. So uh, it kind of so, adds that much more to the badass factor. People talk a lot about this article about how, like, I ruined it by making it an action movie in the end of it. And on the one hand, No. And on the other hand, uh, I always thought like my, my intention with, with stuff like this was always to like write a horror story uh, because that's super fun. And then just like just find something real big and heavy to drop on top of it because that's also very fun. Uh, so Samsara is the big heavy thing to drop on top of it. Uh, and then everything else that comes afterwards is like, would you just poop on it? And, and then this is, this is fun, too, because it's the first time I've seen Samsara. Yeah, Samsara is badass in their own right. I was very lucky that they came... Like, I didn't know how I wanted... I knew what I wanted to do with the end of this article, but I had no idea how to get there. And mm-hmm. then uh, Ty Gently and ARD and all that that squad wrote Samsara, and I was like, oh, okay, well, there you go. That's easy. And uh, now people think I wrote Samsara. And uh, you know what? I did. And- I I think that's really, I I think that's pretty resourceful too, because you mentioned that it was like right after it came out to snatch from a newer SCP rather than only rely on the more like, cause uh, I know scramble was taken from uh, shy guy, which is like a big Mm -hmm. one. Like to rely, take something new, roll with it. And then, um, I mean, I don't know enough of the history, but I assume this helped get the ball rolling for Samsara. Yeah. Samsara, they were, they were in a contest entry before this. And Mm -hmm. so like, obviously they had some, some street cred. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, and I don't want to like suck my own dick too hard with this one, but yeah, <laughs> cer- certainly kind of bolstered their efforts there. Yeah. So anyway, you're on to, <clears throat> is everything all right? It appears so. We suddenly the hallway shakes violently. The floor beneath the collapsed humanoid entity crumbles and falls away, revealing a large hole beneath the floor. 
Within the hole is a long, slick black creature, covered in blood-red eyes, with a mouth full of many rows of long, sharp teeth. As it bursts through the floor, a cascade of small leeches are propelled into the hallway. The humanoid entity slips through the destroyed floor and falls into the mouth of the large creature, which lets out a loud scream as it devours the entity. Long, long, wet appendages snake into the hallway as Nanku and Munru begin the retreat. Nanku opens her flamethrower again, warding off the approaching smaller leeches. The Dark Souls boss spell starts oh. appears. Uh, yes. Now that my brain has processed it, I realized it was the thing they killed earlier rolled into its mouth. But for a second, I was just imagining like one of the random task members, Wilhelm, ah! screaming as they fall into it. Captain! Yeah. <laughs> no, Justin! No! Uh, who's Hollis? Uh, uh, I think I'm Hollis. Tan- you are. What's going on? We will need to find a different route, quickly. Follow me. The group moves past the collapsed hallway as Moonru and Nanku provide cover fire. They pass through a custodial dormitory and exit into a maintenance area behind it. Tan, I want you to dig deep inside yourself and find the deepest voice you can do. Over there. Oh, okay, alright, there we go. <laughs> okay, a little grimace there at the end, that's fine. He's <laughs> starting to come out like Jar Jar at the end. Misa got a hidden city. Oh, uh, God. I can't oh, do it again. That was, that was all the on for that I could do. Wow. I had to regenerate between lines. <laughs> <laughs> we are behind you, but I'm beginning to think this creature is far larger than we anticipated. Gunfire. Honor, take the point. We will move now. Team moves down the long maintenance hallway. The hallway curves to the left, opening out into a large space full of loading equipment and machines. Several large loading docks are visible in the back of the room, though each one is collapsed and destroyed. Irontu, the walls in here are seeping. We can't stay here long. One moment. Munru, Nanku, how far back are you? Silence. Munru, Nanku, please report. Irontu, Nanku is damaged. We're not going to be able to pew, 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 rendezvous with you immediately. I can hear gunfire. <laughs> Onru, do keep us updated on your position. I'm so sorry. I will let you know when we can regroup. Understood. The group moves to the far end of the maintenance warehouse, exiting through a pair of doors leading into a staff break room. Black fluid seeps through the walls. The group has to stop briefly to bandage up a survivor whose wound has begun bleeding again. A loud screeching sound is heard nearby, and the group begins moving again. They enter into another hallway leading in the direction of the fresher wing. As they move through the hall, Onru hears a distinct sound. Run to wings. I'll go slow so you can reach out. Maybe when I go to get some hot wings. <laughs> How many? Many. More than I can count. They are very small, but there is a great multitude of them. <laughs> he's cracking! He's, he's, he's doing great. He's a hero. <laughs> You got anything that was useful, power girl? A tickling sound. Like crystal on crystal. That would have been so much funnier if she was like a tingling sound that's like, like someone beating. Oh, crystal butterflies. It has to be that. We'll get shredded. Unlikely. The group moves towards the sound, which continues to grow louder until it becomes a cacophonous sound that seems to be right above them. God, where's that coming from? <laughs> Steady now. Steady. Run to the fence. <laughs> <In> front, 
Oh my god, it's the imposter in Among Us! He's coming right for us! <laughs> in front of them, a grate in the ceiling vent falls to the floor, and a cloud of sparkling crystal butterflies begins to fill the hallway. Irantu sees the butterflies and turns back to the group. Everybody down, please. As the group drops to the ground, Irantu runs forward towards the cloud of butterflies. He disappears briefly. After a short moment, there is a burst of flame that arcs upwards into the vent, and the sound of shattering crystal can be heard above them. As the smoke clears, Irantu becomes visible again. The majority of his flesh has been shredded by the wings of the butterflies, and his entire body is scorched. Significant amount of flesh hanging loose from his body. The skin on his back is blackened and blistered, and a thick metal implement is now visible through the scorched flesh. Onru stands and approaches him. This reminds you. This reminds me of. Have you seen Gurren Lagan cactus? I have not. Oh fuck! Never mind. I'm, I don't, I'm familiar, but yeah, yeah, yeah the, the fucking when he does the drill and he like fucking slides <laughs> afterwards and explodes after a second delay. <laughs> of course, Jesus fucking Christ, man, are you all right? Yes. Why wouldn't I be? Uh, I got a lot of uh, a lot of people really like that line. By the way, the why wouldn't I be? Which is yeah. so weird. It's like. I, I, yeah, I guess yeah. because he's robotic. I guess I guess the logic factor of him, like as a robotic person, being like, "I'm a robot, don't you know that? Why wouldn't I be fine?" Yeah, it's really weird because, like, he, like, they very much, they so that, just to clarify, they're definitely not robots. They're just like they don't think right. Like their brains don't do good mm-hmm. uh, because they're they're not they don't work the same way that normal people brain work. So they're trying their their damnedest to be normal people. But they don't do a very good job. So I actually did a really bad job uh, describing them in this article uh, because I very much wrote with them like robots. Like, ah, oh, yeah, he just got shredded. Now he's like, I, yeah, beep boop. Why wouldn't I be hurt? Bob, beep beep. Well, that's partially my fault too because I said this is my first introduction to Samsara, and the only other thing I heard from Tanhony was cyborgs. Yeah, it's Cyborg not your fault. Is not a robot though. Tanhony lied to you. Okay. <laughs> Tanhony, I will eliminate you. The group moves through another hall, seeping with black fluid, and then another, but the third hallway is clean and relatively untouched. They ascend a short staircase before coming to a stop before a thick vault door. The machine is behind this door. I came out this way, but the door sealed behind me. I don't know how to unlock it. Dr. Michael Scott, do you know how to open this door? (laughs) I I, I didn't know he'd be speaking. (laughs) (laughs) I was trying to make an office joke, not like erase that. Whoops. Uh, I, yeah, I didn't know this character was coming. No, Did I you... never had access to this chamber. Oh. I was hoping one would be here. I do not think I can open this door. Whenever you start to crack it, sounds like Cookie Monster. <laughs> became suddenly, <laughs> suddenly, there is a resounding click, and the door in front of them slowly opens. A monitor next to the door illuminates, and a dark room is visible on it. In the back of the room, hidden in shadows, an, ind- an indistinct humanoid entity waves. A harsh, electric, electronic static sound, vaguely reminiscent of laughter, can be heard through an unseen loudspeaker. <laughs> You're welcome, hee Oh, oh, Tanny! Oh, Tanny! It's so long down here with us, it's so long and sharp, Tanny! Why did you make me hurt? <laughs> oh, the screen powers off. I used to call Tan. Did that always say Tan? Uh, no, that is new. Okay, I thought oh, so. Uh, that's just just a little, just a little something was, for the fans. I, I read a little bit ahead. That I was like losing my mind. Fucking Tan, Tan, Tanny. 
<laughs> I can't believe Dan your mom was in the Sunsea. Am I canon? <laughs> you are. You are canon now. Uh, Th- that's uh, a who's pretty Ross? fucked up clown. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, that's a pretty is... fucked up clown. Top tier dialogue, boys. That's, that's this is like you would hear in Space Station Thirteen. <laughs> I will, I will accept the Pulitzer now. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You're gonna get my kids' choice award. <laughs> <laughs> Nickelodeon slimed. Um, hurry. <laughs> the group enters the chamber beyond. The room is very dark, with a multitude of dim green lights visible on the walls of the room. Based on the luminescence of the lights and the apparent distance of them from each other. The room appears to be several hundred meters in diameter. Near the back of the room, a tower of circling green lights is visible. Hey, Power Rangers, can, can you see anything in there? You have dark vision or something, yeah? My visor is shot. Is d d Yes, I'm an elf. They're all elves, yep. I swear hey, lift- if you call me a Power Ranger one more time, I'll fucking kill you. Honor <laughs> and I were forced to eject our implants after they were damaged by a powerful memetic entity. My visor works, hang on. Uh, alright, so there's a, uh, some kind of machine near the back of the room and under those lights. I can't really make any of it out from here, but but it's there. Uh, I, I don't see... Oh, shit, yeah, I do. Uh, on the ceiling, there are... Fuck, there's a lot of these things. What are they? I honestly don't know. I can't make them out. They're, they're definitely fucking with perception. I, I, don't, I don't think they've seen us. That's seriously, another D&D skill. <laughs> seriously, though, there might be 500 of these things. That would be more than honor and myself can deal with. We need to make a decision. Either attempt to disable the machine without attracting their attention, or find a way to dispatch the creatures. I am, of course, willing to accept ideas. I, I mean, we could blow them up. Houston has explosives. That's a lot of them to try to get all at once, though. Hang on. They're feeding on the power from this thing, aren't they? Why don't we try and get that machine to draw a lot of power? unnecessary system first and shock them like a flexing when a mosquito bites you i like your southern draw way more than what i did for houston with the fucking cartoon <laughs> texas oil tycoon that was a really good southern draw maybe i want an scp about just honor's voice i want an scp about how he manages to do that I can't do it for more than a second. <laughs> Suddenly, there is a massive explosion, little, little, massive disturbance beneath the chamber. To the left of the group, roughly a hundred meters away, there is an explosion, and the fall and the wall falls away the from fall within the away. from the wall. The fall walls away from within the wall emerges a long, slick black appendage covered in red eyes. The eyes open simultaneously. I gotta say, and I'm sorry for teasing you, but I really like all the usage of black body plus red eyes. Oh yeah, it really, that, it really evokes a unique aesthetic. That I've in never- uh, in in 2017, that was the, uh, the yeah. scary black tentacles, red eyes. Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> I can sense the muscle terror in him. Uh, <laughs> Fuck! Gosh, Goofy! <laughs> Gosh, guys, what the hell's going on? <laughs> there is a screeching sound, and from above the many hundred short, imperceptible entities fall from the ceiling. The black entity in the wall begins to lash out at the smaller entities, attempting to pull them in towards a mouth that has appeared on its front. The creatures fly towards the larger entity and begin to tear at it with claws, though many are shoveled into the mouth of the creature. Huh. 
That works as well. Anru, get to the machine. The rest of you, get back to the hallway. We will not have much time. Good luck. Here we go. The group retreats into the hallway outside of the large room. Onru sprints across the chamber as more and more of the smaller entities fall from the ceiling and attack the black creature. Several of them begin to move towards Onru, only to be dispatched by weapon fire from Irantu. As she reaches the manual control panel of the machine, Onru inputs the information provided to her by members of Dr. Scott's team. Lights around the room illuminate, exposing an enormous, vastly complicated machine that encompasses the entire back wall of the chamber. More and more of the hostile entities peel off towards Onru, who pauses to fire on those who come too close. From beneath the room, there is another disturbance, and the floor in the middle of the room falls away. Another long, black entity emerges from the hole in the floor, and long tendrils snake out towards Onru. From behind, Irantu comes gunfire, and the entire AP3 team has emerged from the door and begun firing at the entity. The creature recoils, black fluids spilling from gunshot wounds. The tendrils whip around towards them, gripping AP3, Vigo, and tossing him into the air. He strikes the wall, and his body falls to the ground, where the first black entity grabs it with a tendril and pulls it into into the mouth. No. Suddenly, thinking. small black leeches begin to pour from the hole in the floor and move quickly towards Irantu. Houston and Ohalo open fire on the leeches, and Ross moves to pull Irantu away from the hole. That just As makes he does, me think of, like, Ross from fucking Game Grumps. I think it's Ross from Friends. Ross Why can't I get Rachel, guys? It's because she's an anomaly. I got a container. Uh, he does he tosses an incendiary grenade into the hole and pulls Irantu to the ground there is an explosion and flame erupts around the black entity which rears back and flails before collapsing into the hole good job I I gotta contain her all guys before 200 years ago (laughs) good job Ross from Friends he did it from deep below them, the group can hear a very loud screaming sound. Damn, this thing. i just now realizing it screams a lot. Yeah. And suddenly, the entire room is shaking. The other black entity... God, I said black entity a lot, too. The other black entity retracts into its hole, collapsing the wall behind it as it does. The remaining creatures from the ceiling are dispatched by the AP3 and Z9 teams. As they do, and as the room begins to shake more violently, several lights affixed to the machine in the back begin to flash and then dim and the sound of something winding down is heard over the gunfire. I did control F. You only said black entity seven times. Oh so my that's God. terrible. Fuck Granted, that's I also so only have this log open of all the logs. Oh, it's so much. Oh my God. Fuck. God damn it. Black entity seven times. <laughs> Fuck. No, it says me. T- Tau 5 Onru approaches from across oh, the room. Oh, she better not. Here you go. You can the do it. Of Vico is disappointing. I am sorry. We do not have a substantial amount of time to grieve. We must keep moving. You know what's funny about this? If you split up each sentence individually, they sound like voice logs that would play for a League of Legends character. Uh-huh. <laughs> we must keep moving. Let's keep moving. I'm sorry. Marabella Chen, forgive me. <laughs> Whoa, fuck, <laughs> what? Wait, we you just get to the duration. Oh, whoops, I'm sorry. <laughs> Onru, Ross, Houston, Ohalo, and Arantu from the chamber. 
More rumbling is felt beneath them, and occasional loud screeching sounds punctuate the machine noise from the section of the facility. They reach a stairwell, and Houston throws the door open. Whoa, fuck, what? <laughs> what is the matter? There's nothing here. The door just opens up into nothing. It's just dark. It's drumming his bench. Got a mouth full of char. <laughs> I feel so <laughs> much dread when I see Honor's name on the page. <laughs> do you want me to do Honor? No, I can. I can do it. Okay. I've now you know how I feel when you fucking made me do the bully one voiceover and over. I did not expect him to be a forever character. <laughs> it is like it is likely that disabling the Russian device has altered our previous escape routes. We will need to devise another path to the surface. When I finally fucking see you in real life, Ted, your Adam's apple is going to be like four inches protruding. <laughs> it's going to be a sharp point. <laughs> Ow, that hurts! Yes, Munru, where are you? <laughs> Difficult to say, unfortunately. Have you powered down the machine? We just did. Fine timing, then. We were being pursued by a creature, and then suddenly there was a wall where the creature had been. The local topography appears to have reset itself. Stay in one place. We will come to find you. Our escape begins now. Fantastic. The main group leaves the empty stairwell and turns back down the hallway they came through. Passing by the Thresher access hallway again, they turn and begin to climb another staircase. As they reach the top, Irantu pauses. The hallway in front of them is covered ankle-high in water. As they begin to move slowly through the water, one of the researchers behind them screams. Ah! What is Body. that? Oh, Bodies. Shit. Look. Just below the surface of the water, pale human corpses are visible, appearing to float, appearing to be floating roughly a half meter down. Do not attempt to look at them. You do not recognize them. <laughs> move quickly. Come on. Now it sounds like a Warhammer film. <laughs> <laughs> The team hurries from the hallway towards another set of doors at the end, where written on the wall are the words, What happened to Site-13? With the word, What, covered by the word, Emerson, and the words, Have we become blasphemous beneath that? Banksy. The group- hold on, hold on. <laughs> I, want, I want to read to you what that looks like. Emerson happened to Site-13. Have we become blasphemous? Have we become- That's what it says, yeah. it's, that, uh, it's that sketch are over there. Are we the baddies? Are we blasphemous? We've got skulls on our helmets. Are we the baddies? We have a body pit. Onru loading her gun. It's a shame. <laughs> we, we've been we've been burning a bunch of inter- Are we are we bad? Are we evil? We have a room called the body pit. <laughs> <laughs> what are we? Some kind of evil villain squad? <laughs> the group proceeds without incident for a short while longer, slowly ascending as safe routes become available. After roughly eight minutes of travel, the group enters a large mechanical garage, where several pieces of large machinery sit in various states of repair. They pause to secure one of the injured survivors while Unruh attempts to devise a new route. Suddenly, a loud banging sound is heard, and a piece of machinery flies across the room, narrowly missing AP3 Ross, who shouts, Whoa, fuck! Where'd that come from? In the corner of the room, a stack of mechanical parts is seen moving, rising up and self-assembling into a quasi-humanoid entity. Attached to the top of the large mechanical construct is a small, crudely constructed toy robot. The entity begins to move towards them, and a voice is heard from an unknown source within the entity. <laughs> I am reborn to breathe devastation upon this fetid earth! Pitiful humans, you will feel the dark sting of my never-ending torment. 
The small robot on top of the construct is seen waving its arms wildly. I haven't played it in fucking forever, but the voice reminds me of, like, Vigar from League of Legends. <laughs> this is annoying. Anru, get these people out. Ross, to me. I am the herald of your decision. Embrace death! Tau 5 Virantu, AP3 Ross, Houston, and Ohalo open fire on the entity. It's a little effect. The entity lifts another large piece of equipment and throws it towards the group, missing them wide. Ohalo throws a fragmentary grenade at the entity, which it catches in one of its outstretched hands and grips tightly. The grenade explodes, shattering the creature's hand and causing it to stagger sideways. I gotta say, <laughs> I know. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. I know he's a robot, but it's pretty metal to just grab a grenade and let it explode on you. I like to imagine he just doesn't know what it is. He's like, oh, a toy. Okay, this is fun. I've oh, no. stolen it's your power me. source. <laughs> I've, I've taken away the source of your strength. It's mine now. Oh, God. Oh, what, what have I done? Poor guy. Uh, how dare you? I will tread upon you like... Uh, Tau 5 Onru is seen sprinting towards the entity. Oh, no. As she approaches it, she leaps into the air, sailing over the top of it in a tall arc. As she reaches the top of the arc, she reaches out and grabs the small toy robot on top of the construct, causing it to collapse. As she flips toward the ground, she tosses the robot towards the wall. No! I am the Harbinger! I am... The toy robot strikes the wall and is shattered. This is me when I eventually get ousted from the SCP wiki. <laughs> Ivantu, is that you? We just heard something crashing. You must be near. Stay where you are. We are en route. The group moves out of the garage and towards a larger atrium section. From around the corner come Tau 5, Moonru, and Nanku. Moonru appears to have sustained burns to his lower body, but is otherwise undamaged. Nanku is missing the lower half of her jaw and black fluid covers the front of her bodysuit. She waves with her remaining hand as the group approaches. You look well. Admittedly, morale has increased in the group since Nanku found herself unable to talk. But I'm bum bum. What a roast. Her enthusiasm starts playing. Yep. Tau 5 Nanku points at Moonru with her flamethrower. Seemingly forgetting she is missing an arm on that side. Realizing this, she makes an obscene gesture towards Moonru with her remaining hand. This is a cute reunion, but let's get back to the shit. How far are we from the entrance? This is a main atrium. If we follow this hallway here, it will lead towards a processing station. And past that, we should find access points to the surface. Exceptional. Let's get the lead out then, the lead out then, and... <laughs> <laughs> let's get the lead out from below Hello, then. Hello there. What, what's all this then? <laughs> Let's get the lead out, come on. <laughs> What's what? get the lead fuck. I ran out of the joke. That was a the dog. Let's get the lead out. <laughs> We've all short circuited the bit. Yeah. Uh, from below short... oh, okay, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, no, Okay. Uh from below them there is a very loud crashing sound and more screaming. The floor beneath the group begins to buckle. Fuck! Run. The group flees towards the hallway Moonru had identified, but are stopped. When the floor there also collapses, a plume of smoke erupts from the destroyed floor, and one researcher slips on the collapsing ground and slides into it. Tau 5 Onru leads the group away from the atrium as the floor there completely collapses. Irantu stops to turn and looks down inside the hole. Beneath the hole is an incredibly large chamber, appearing to have been dug through dozens of layers of subterranean floors. 
Within the chamber are many small lights around the outside, round the outside, round the outside. And at the bottom is a massive black mass with several other large black masses extended from it. As he is pulled away, Irantu sees red eyes opening across the entire mass of the creature and hears more screaming. The group flees down a side hallway but are pursued by long black tendrils snaking out of the hole. AP3 Ross and Houston fire open fire on the tendrils, halting them momentarily, but they are quickly replaced by more. Z9 Moros is seen slipping on a patch of black fluid and falling before being consumed by the end of one of the tendrils. Okay, that's that's one of my guys, so he's gone. I don't have to say anything. No, Moros! <laughs> that was like a third there... of cactus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm free! Uh, there are the sounds of metal crashing and rock and concrete being crushed as the structure around them heaves violently. Black leeches begin to pour out of the walls around them, and Nanku opens her flamethrower at them. They round a corner to find a dead end, and turning back are confronted with another black tendril that has burst a hole through the wall. Holy fuck, we're trapped! This is it! This is it! Holy fuck! Onru, we need to f- we need a way out. I, I am having difficulty! Bang, bang, bang. Ay. <laughs> <laughs> I got the, the gunfire is low too. <laughs> bloop, bloop, bloop. He's fucking, he can't do it. Wait, 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 I have an idea. I think I know where we are. I have an idea. Come on, you fuckers. We're not dying here. The group you follow. Fuck- <laughs> you fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> What's the line from Starship Troopers? Come on, you maggots. You want to live forever? Uh, the group follows Hollis towards a descending stairwell and moves quickly down it. Hollis tosses an incendiary grenade towards the approaching tendrils and slams the door shut behind it, behind her as it explodes. The screams from below then intensify as they descend and the stairwell begins to shake. Holes in the stairwell open and more leeches begin to pour out of them. I'm just realizing now, reading it back, boy howdy, this is fucked. Like, I don't know, there's just a lot of commotion going on, this is crazy. There's all uh, sorts of long black time. tendrils. Long, long, long black tendrils. Floors wizards casting out. Everett's black tentacles. <laughs> What's floor made of? <laughs> the floors made of like foam. Uh, all, all task force members open fire as long tendrils snake through the holes as well. More fucking tendrils, my god. Uh, upon reaching a landing, Hollis motions the group in the door. Here, in here, go, go, go! It's the tea room. <laughs> the group enters the hallway and spreads towards the other end. As they do, they pass a sign on the wall that reads, Stairs to Cryonics. Moonroo notices as they pass. Uh, Captain Hollis, what are you doing? Puts a hand on your shoulder. You're going to have to trust me here, Blue Ranger. I've been doing this a long time. What are you doing, Step Hollis? What are you doing, I... Step Hollis? I'm, I'm trapped. <laughs> No. I need you to get me out of this wall. No. What are you doing with that long black pinnacle stuff? Oh my god, it killed him. <laughs> he's he's died. He's 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 screaming. The the step leech got him. Step leech? That's my observation chamber. No. I was worried that we were going to like make a mockery of the SCP and you'd be offended, but... <laughs> no. <laughs> you come out with, what are you doing, Step leech? I was the joke all along. Mm. Darnell, have you recovered? Uh, Darnell, are you dead? Darnell, you've become... A rat. Right. You've... Oh, oh, he's back. He's back. He's back. There he is. <laughs> CPR worked. Wait, did I... 
Can oh, I? No, no, no. 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 He's referring to his robots form. It doesn't matter how much he shouts, he's it's not going to stop. <laughs> Yelling does not fix the internet. Mm, this is fun. We have a good time. Oh, dear. Uh, mm. We need content while he's gone. <laughs> but, uh... Great stuff, great stuff. Okay. Uh, I expected he'd be back now. Now <laughs> for this. there he is. Oh, hello, hello. Uh, yeah, I was talking the whole time. I was wondering why you guys thought I hadn't recovered. Uh, well, obviously, because you dudes. haven't. You didn't. Didn't you hear me? No. Are you being serious? I we heard. I, I heard yeah, your oh. just cries of torment. You, no, but you're... I'm talking now. Testing, testing. Yeah, one, two, three. No, you're fine. Yeah, no, you're good. You're good. You're good. I returned by death. <laughs> you've you've come back. Yeah. We re we reanimated you. Thank you. That was really nice of you. Hey, you're welcome, buddy. Okay, let's get back into it. Uh, uh, the group exits the hallway. Oh yeah, Seth Leach. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, the group exits the hallway into a large observation section, passing many large windows with blast protectors down across them. The team stops in front of one window, overlooking a massive chamber lined with huge steel doors. Overhead are the words Olympia class testing observation. Ooh. Hollis, what do you have in mind? Call it a hunch. We need to get downstairs. Come on. No, the I, group the group I, runs. Oh sorry. Go. I, I no, was you're gonna good. say I desperately miss Houston. Houston's bringing up the back. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll get those damn leeches. <laughs> He's back there with his skeet shooter and his mouth full of chaw. Just Can't open it. They got my 12 gauge. <laughs> my God, get over here. I got my, my five gallon hat. <laughs> I got a leech in the my other boot. five gallons. <laughs> Fuck it, it's 10 gallons, isn't it? Uh, okay. Uh, the group, no. Uh, no. The, the group runs towards a stairwell at the end of the room and quickly descend into to the main level of this wing. As they exit onto the floor of the Olympia-class containment chamber, the wall behind them begins to buckle and leeches begin to pour out of it. Pink Ranger, that panel over there! You need to get that door open! What? I said open the goddamn door! Hurry! What the uh, fuck are you waiting I, for? Go! I was just gonna say, I was starting to get tired of the, the ranger-like gimmick Hollis has going on, but fucking Onru's pink ranger! <laughs> so good! Uh, 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 Tau-5 Onru runs towards the control panel near one of the tall steel doors. The wall behind them continues to buckle. Onru, that's one. Get that one open, too. Yes, Absolutely. Tau 5 Moonru attempts to access the door controls. Z9 Hollis turns towards the group. Sorry for my speech. Everyone else, listen to me. You civilians need to get to the far end of this room as far as it goes. Just, just keep running. There's an access point to the power station above this part of the facility. You need to just keep climbing until you get there. Once you're there, you'll need to blow a wall, as you do. That'll get you out. But you need to hurry. Shit is about to pop off in a pretty major <laughs> way down here. Ross, you went, this, I did, this accent in hindsight does not fit can, can in. We, can, we, can we pause and re-examine that line? <laughs> They're being chased by like these anomalous monsters. Shit's about to pop off in a pretty major way down here. Whoa, dude! Shit's about to pop off! <laughs> Hollis with his backwards hat making his 90s Power Rangers references. Gets a chair and sits backwards and it's to relate to them. <laughs> hey, 
What up, cool cats? I know you're all thinking, how are we going to get out of this? Well, Captain Hollis just wants to remind you that drugs are not cool. I know sometimes it can seem pretty cool to put leeches in your brain for cheap labor, but... Hey, you know what the best part of escaping from a, a containment site can be? Abstinence. <laughs> <laughs> you're all right, kid. Don't come to SCP-1730 tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right, kid. Just stay away from that step leech. Step leech. <laughs> okay. Bits are fusing together. <laughs> we are uh, the black mask. Ross, you and your okay. boys just fire anything that comes out that wall. I'll tell you when we can go. Iran two, you stay with me. This is going to get pretty messy. Wow! <laughs> Understood. All right. Fucking go! Come on! The group flees down the main pathway toward, through the chamber, away from the buckling wall. Behind them, the wall finally gives way, and a gargantuan, black, slick entity pours into the chamber. Mm. At, it is at least 200 meters in height, covered in black tendrils and dark red eyes. Oh. When it sees the group, it opens a massive mouth full of rows of long, yellow teeth. Oh, hey, it's and a new color. In the center of the mouth, a naked human woman is visibly conjoined in some way to a sort of prehensile tongue with the creature. As it opens its mouth, it lets out a piercing scream and begins to move towards the group. Uh, Every of it... moment, what's prehensile mean again? You can move it's it like, around. yeah, you can move it like a, like a finger. Okay, but, but like, you, not like, a, like if you had a tail that could like wrap around stuff. So like, yeah. so like, you can move it like, and not just like lazily slop. Yeah, it's like precise. Your penis is not prehensile, but your, yeah, but, but your, your fingers fe- are. And fingers wait, are. Fingers wait, it's not. Okay. Uh-huh. Anyway, Danny's <laughs> penis bends at a ninety degree angle to pick up it, objects. It actually has it has a hand on the end. You just <laughs> you you pull back the skin a bit, and it's just four little fingers and a thumb. <laughs> Secret weapon. Fingers. <laughs> he, he uses it to, he uses it to hold a very small sword. Uh, it's a genital cutting sword. That's why he, he doesn't trust his lovers. So if he's ever in that in that situation, he just drops trowel and there's a sword. I always keep one eye open. <laughs> but, which, but which eye is it? Is it the eyes up top or the eyes with the sword? That's my mm. next D and D character. Big <laughs> sword. Dick Sword the Small. So what's happening uh, with the big entity? <laughs> oh yeah, sorry. Well, we were talking about big entities. Big, big tendrils. I think we were at every available task force. Every available task force member opens fire on the creature, emptying their remaining magazines and throwing every possible incendiary weapon towards it. Just throwing some shit at this point. Nobody cares. The creature is deterred slightly, but for every place it is pierced by weapons fire, black fluid and more black leeches begin to pour from its body. Several long tendrils begin to snake towards the group of task force members. I have it. I have it, Captain Hollis. Oh, come on then, girl. Throw the fucking thing. Come, come on, on then, girl. Come on then, girl. Hey, girl. Show us what you got, Pink Ranger. Way to go, girl. <laughs> hey, girl. I know you might be thinking, I have it. I have it. But really, you don't have it because drugs aren't cool. Wait till you're married. <laughs> Wait till you're married to throw that fucking thing. Onru, wait till you're married. Understood. Understood. Uh, Tau 5 Onru steps away from the control panel and runs back towards the group in the middle of the chamber as a loud groaning is heard behind her. Stepdoor, what are you doing? Oh, 
the, the rest of the team sees the huge metal doors begin to slide open. A thick cloud of ice-cold fog rolls out of the chamber, obscuring the interior from view. What's in there? Wonder if you got yours. Hang on. Yeah, I think that'll do... Suddenly, the door behind Munru begins to glow bright red, then white, and then the center of it buckles and the door collapses. As Munru hurries away, a colossal, motionless, flaming humanoid entity floats out of the chamber. Wait, is this 001? In its unmoving hands is a huge sword. As it exits the collapsed doorway, enormous flaming wings unfurl from its back. The black creature screams, and its tendrils begin to lash at this creature. Is this actually that 001 it proposal we Guardian. did, like the angel? It is, it is the Gate Guardian. Oh my, wait, no, that's the Yu-Gi-Oh card. Well, that's what it's called. Uh, what? This isn't news, <laughs> I told you this at the time. it before Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> is Yu-Gi-Oh. Exodia True. comes out the fucking chamber. <laughs> so you finally arrived, no, on room. Nobody's mm, ever been able to summon him. <laughs> What's this, Yugi boy? Another, another, a black entity for me to destroy? With my blue eyes, white dragons! Kyra. <laughs> That's so good. I just wanted to make sure. Sorry, I'm a brain lit. Hey, can we talk it for a second? Just real quick, just a quick side note about how in the Yu Gi Oh! universe, the entire world, like, all of world culture has devolved into playing a single card game. Yeah, it's like, kind of big. That's, that's, it's wild. Well, like, what happened is, uh, in the do you know about the original Yu Gi Oh! manga? I, I do, yeah. Yeah, and that's what was so weird about it. And like in the original manga, they're really like, didn't. "Yeah, it yeah, wasn't that big a deal." The world was normal, and then at one point, Kaiba was like, mm, "I'm gonna buy like I'm gonna just like invest very heavily into dual monsters technology." And the entire world was like, "You know what? Our culture sucks. We're gonna do this instead." You, you know what I like to imagine? I like to imagine that Yu-Gi-Oh cards, like dual monsters, was like the Bitcoin of their world. It's like the people <laughs> that invested early in are like fucking millionaires. I mean, he has he has a blue eyes white dragon jet. Yeah, he has, he has, has a blue eyes white jet. Is what it's called. We watched that movie. <laughs> he has he has a space station like specifically set up to help him put back the, the pieces of the Millennium Puzzle. He has space station money just to settle a, a debt with a person he lost the card game to. Ted and I, we've been watching Arc V recently, and it's funny how much the series has changed. The multiverse like, the very, yeah. on monsters. Well, that, but in the very beginning, uh, Joey's like, hey, Yugi, check out my deck, and it's all monsters, and Yugi's like, this fucking sucks. And then by Arc V, there's a deck that is all monsters that's like praised as being really good and meta. <laughs> you like, Joey was the pioneer. Hey, Yugi, I'm thinking I maybe should get a job so I can support my family. It's a surgery. No, Joey, that's silly. How about instead, here are some trading cards. <laughs> wow, Yugi, you're right. I can trade these in for money for my sister's surgery. With these, I can get a no. new sister. <laughs> oh my god just just joey doing like a fucking critical one of those critical Yu-Gi-Oh unboxing videos to sell the cards for money i'll, I'll trade this sister out for another one with eyes that work we also uh, in our head canon because like every character has a deck based on their personality we like to think you're given a Yu-Gi-Oh death at birth and that's, that's that determines who you're gonna be when you grow up you just get like a random assortment of cards and they're like yes he will be an executive and they look at one guy, and it's like it's like five. I, I'm not familiar with Yu-Gi-Oh cards, Karibo? but it, yes, five Karibo, and it's like, mm, 
No. Hello, hello, background character. <laughs> <laughs> hello, Weevil. <laughs> Back to the slave yards for you, boy. Okay. Oh, uh, Where were we at again, by the way? I think uh, we're, we're at, at as the, the tendrils come close. close. As, as the tendrils come close. Yeah, sorry about that. Uh, as, the tendrils are used to it. As the tendrils come close, long streaks of fire erupt from the sword towards them rupturing them and sending black fluid and scorched leeches flying across the room. The massive black creature screams and dozens of other tendrils fly towards the flaming humanoid. As the two engage, there is another sound, like a long whining, and then suddenly the room is silent. I mustn't have responded to one of Darnell's DMs. Wow. <laughs> you have no idea. This guy, this guy never answers my DMs. It's really sad. I'll That's, send him like yeah, eight memes. I can hear it, the long whining. Yeah. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! I'll, no! I'll send him like eight memes and then nothing, and then I'll be like, "Hey, want to play Fall Guys?" And he'll be like, "Sure." <laughs> he'll he's sitting there across the pond and he's looking at his computer. He's like, yeah. "Fucking colonizers." <laughs> uh, let's see. From within the cold, foggy room, a towering, vaguely servine creature steps out into the main chamber. It is composed of a body covered in light green and cream-colored hair. A long, thin neck ending in a hairless, somewhat humanoid face, and a vast, intertwined white and black antlers that pulse with streaks of blue light. Floating above its head are nine concentric rings of glowing, rotating crystals and metallic spheres. The The creature slowly steps out of the containment cell and turns to look at the team on the ground below. It opens its mouth and a long droning sound is heard through the room. Around its body, several large metallic cylindrical structures appear, followed by the distinct cracking sound. It begins to step towards the team of task force members, but is struck from behind by three black tendrils that wrap around its neck. The creature lets out another drone, and suddenly the sound returns to the chamber as long streaks of fire arc across the space. These cylindrical constructs turn lengthwise and speed across the room towards the black creature, striking it in its central mass. From all around the servine entity, more and more metallic spheres appear and fly towards the black creature and the flaming humanoid, which in turn begin to attack each other. Fuck it, yes! Go get him, big guy! Let's go. This kind of reminds me of, like, a kaiju battle between Godzilla and, like, fucking Ghidorah. Uh, this is intended. Uh, <laughs> the team begins to sprint after the group of civilians towards the far wall as jets of fire strike the ground around them. Tower 5 Nanku catches the end of a dismembered black tendril in her shoulder, throwing her off balance. She falls to the ground, firing openly with her weapon as she is engulfed in fire. AP3 Houston pauses briefly to turn towards her, but is grabbed by Irantu. No, Nanku! We do not have time. No, he loves as they, as they, I, 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 I love you. She's getting like burned to death. Houston's like, Ash Teru! You were, you were the chumba to my wumba. You were the chungus to my big. <laughs> uh, as they near the group of survivors, all of whom are, are huddled near an exit door, just useless, at the end of the <laughs> chamber, there is a crashing sound, and they see, turn to see the servine entity standing up from where it had been thrown across the room. The black creature whips at it with more met- as more metallic spheres appear and arc back towards it. There is an eruption of fire as the flaming humanoid is struck by another several tendrils, which try to pull the humanoid towards the mouth of the black entity. The team reaches the survivors and quickly exit through, this- through the door. 
the group begins to ascend the staircase within. All right, just like I said, up. We need to go up, over. A long, thin metallic cylinder crashes through the wall of the stairwell, narrowly missing one of the researchers and Dr. Scott. A second cylinder comes through the wall, striking Irantu and obliterating him as it contacts the wall behind him. As the group continues to ascend, fire fills the stairwell below them, and another long, loud droning sound can be heard, followed by silence, and then followed by a thick, bursting sound that shakes the entire facility. The group reaches a landing and begins to move towards another staircase at the end of the hallway. Z9 Hollis hangs behind. On one hand, it's sad to see these characters I got used to die, but on the other, like, half of my cast is gone now, so it's way less work for me. I know. I hope Rubble made it out okay. What are you doing? (laughs) What are you doing, Steve Hollis? Giving you some time and something else, I think. Get some people out of here. I can stay behind, Hollis. Your life is finite. Yeah, yeah, I get the spiel, Power Ranger. He Call me Power Ranger one more time and I'll <laughs> fucking break your fingers. Right now, you need to get these people out of here. Let me do my thing, all right? Wink. I'll catch up with you later. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> Good looking out, Hollis. You almost sounded like a person there for a second. Wonder- this is where Munru stops moving and gets offended for 15 minutes. <laughs> Z9 Hollis runs away from the group. Tau 5 Munru catches up to the rest of the group who reach another staircase and begin to ascend. For the next 10 minutes, the group continues to ascend through the facility, several times narrowly avoiding debris and falling rubble as the lower levels of the site begin to collapse. The sounds of the entities below continue to be heard, and several times the creatures become visible through large gaps in the floors or walls. At one point, AP3 Ross catches sight of Rachel, the unmoving flaming humanoid, nearly completely covered in metal as long streaks of fire burst through uh, open seams in its encasement. Shortly afterwards, there is a two-minute break in all video footage, followed by a shot of the head of the servine creature smashing through a wall in front of the group. As they turn to run away from it, the head turns toward them, and two researchers are instantly transmuted into hexagonal columns of an unknown yellow-green material. After a short time longer, AP3 Ross picks up a signal from Site Command. Team lead, this is Site Command. Do you read us? Holy fuck. Uh, yes, yeah, I, I, I don't, do you hear me? We do. You have appeared on our geolocating systems, Ross. You're not far from the exit. Where is Captain Hollis and Irantu? Uh, Irantu is dead. Hollis, she ran off a while back. We haven't seen her since then. I didn't know Hollis. Oh, I just now realized Hollis is a woman. <laughs> yeah, yes. That's the same thing I had with Anru. I'm bad. I can't tell. Why have I names. took all these characters <laughs> that Darnell doesn't remember? <laughs> what about the rest? We, we suffered some casualties. Some beep, 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 beep. Fuck! We lost a few of the civilians. And Vigo and a few others. It, it's really bad in here right now. Uh, he's become more British as he mechanics. <laughs> We're going to need to, all the help we can get. Wait, where's Anru? She... Oh, she was behind us. Where is she? Don't worry about that now. We're marking an extraction point on your visor. Oh my god, I can see the ending. The extraction team is waiting for you there. We're going to get you all out. Darnell, we're almost there, Mr. Frodo. We can make it. (laughs) The rest of it has to be checked. The group hurries towards the extraction point as the site continues to collapse around them. Above ground, aerial surveillance captures footage of large sections of the site sliding into the ground and smoke smoke beginning to billow from the power station and nearby mechanical facilities. Jets of flame become visible as the earth beneath 1730 begins to give way. Mobile Task Force Alpha 20 Holy Divers I enters love that the site. Name. 
enters the site near the crumbling power station. The group of survivors comes into view and are immediately moved towards the access point and then away from the site by members of Mobile Task Force Alpha 20. As the rest of the task force members are pulled away from the site, a separate transmission reaches site command originating from Tau 5 Onru. Tau 5 Onru and Z9 Hollis are standing in front of the Thresher device, which roars with activity behind them. They are firing their weapons at an encroaching black mass in front of them, which is punctured by streaks of fire. In the background, the Servine entity can be seen tearing through black tendrils with its antlers as long rods of flaming metal streak across the room towards the black entity. Oh! Is the Servine entity the deer god guy? Hollis turns towards the camera and is visibly laughing, firing her weapon openly. She has removed her helmet. The hum of the machine behind them grows noticeably louder, eventually overtaking all other sounds in the room. Streaks of electricity arc across the ceiling above them. She smiles and turns toward Unru, who looks down to find her torso has been destroyed by a jet of flame. I feel like you've had to show me like the eighth wonder of the world in a circus. This is Unru slumped to the side. The last shot is of Z9 Hollis laughing hysterically and wildly firing her weapon as the enormous machine behind her begins to glow bright white. There was a flash! And the transmission ends. Outside, as Mobile Task Force Alpha 20 continues to move 1730 researchers and personnel to safety, there was a deafening cracking sound, and a loud hum fills the air. The area around the site begins to visibly distort as if being seen through water, and then suddenly SCP-1730 is gone. In its place is an immense crater over one kilometer in diameter, no other transmissions are received from within the site. No other anomalous activity is detected. End log. So I have a question. These later last arcs were added in later years, right? Yes. So was the original SCP object class what it was, and then you added neutralized, or was it neutralized from the beginning? It was Euclid originally, and then I added uh, uh, neutralized later. Nice. I also yeah. <laughs> fucking tan. I'm imagining Audrey after getting shot. She's just like, yo, <laughs> yippee kaye. I can't believe Hollis was the PBEG the whole time. In the in the wake of events detailed in this log, SCP-1730 has been reclassified as neutralized. Further investigation is ongoing. Debriefing reports will become available as soon as they are declassified. You released these scrolls these... so far to close. I'm this. right insane. You like released these interviews over like a couple of days here. I did. Yeah, the the last couple of interviews did not come out. Like this this uh, log came out first. Mm-hmm. Well, not first, but before the last bit. And then um, somebody complained, at maybe in Site 19 or something, where they said like, "Oh, that's that's cool," but like it just feels like there are a lot of questions that you did not answer. So, I put all these. There, these are all pretty short. Okay. Um, I put all these together after the fact, and um, it's like, where the, are they now? Yeah, where? <laughs> look, <laughs> Ross went home to his wife, who left him because he was. He later hung himself in the garage. Hollis went oh. to another dimension where she was the god empress. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's fun. Okay. Um. I guess I'm still Ross, so who wants to be uh, the doctor? Uh, who's the doctor? Dr. Vincent. Peter! Yes, I'll be Dr. Vincent, unless Peter. you want to be acted. No, you, go ahead. Uh, I'll do the mission debrief. 
Mission debrief interview. Date. Blah, 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 blah. Interviewee. Captain Ephraim Ross. Mobile Task Force Apollo 3 Game Wardens Team Lead. Interviewer. Dr. Peter Vincent. Mission debrief. SCP-1730 Extraction. Subject. SCP-1730. Note. The following is an audio transcript excerpt of an interview conducted by Provisional Site 23 personnel regarding SCP-1730. The information contained in this file is unconfirmed and under further review. For the full file, please contact the Information and Records Administrator at Site 17. Begin log. Please state your name for the transcript. Uh, Captain Ephraim Ross, Mobile Task Force Apollo 3, uh, Gade, Gade, Game Wardens. Gay Wardens. Hmm. Thank you, Captain Sorry, Ross. Sorry, I've been for a lot. Let's see. Your team was directed to infiltrate SCP-1730 in the search for the source of the radio signal we were receiving. Is that correct? Uh, it is. Tell me about your initial incursion. You, you've listened to logs? I haven't myself, no. I listen to podcasts. Uh, they're still <laughs> being brought. Wasn't good in there. Uh, best I can tell, wherever Site-13 came from, they were using it as a sort of uh, end-of-the-line processing facility. Every so often, we'd see placards up on these containment cells about how certain things were due for termination. Uh, judging by what the Samsara team saw, that was that was about the case. They were bringing in anomalies, doing some uh, invasive investigations to them, and then destroying them. Sorry, what is it? My turn? Uh, sorry, someone <laughs> came down. Uh, <laughs> what sort of anomalies were being housed there? Could you tell? Well, I, I mean, shit. It was really hard to tell. Somewhere along the line, the power had gone out, and it had gone all Jurassic, Jurassic Park in there. Sorry, it's not funny. <laughs> of just what we encountered, there was a kind of encroaching blackness that, that fucked up Houston's legs. And have you seen Houston? Is, is he all right? Oh my god, Houston's alive. <laughs> he's being looked at by a medical right now. They're going to bring him over here soon. I think he's probably all right. That's good. Yeah, I, I mean, but other than that, there was, there was also this thing. I, I don't know <clears> if it was a person or not, but it sort of sort of bent space around it, and Noah? It's okay, we can... No, no, this needs to be done. Uh, we took, took some losses on, on all the teams, it was bad. Uh, based on what we saw at the end, it, it could have gone a lot, a lot, lot worse, too. At the end? You, you didn't see it? No, no, you haven't seen the video. Uh, they had these cells down below the site, they must have been the size of like a football stadium each. Hollis had them open a few up so we could make our retreat, and the things inside... One of them looked at me like I might look at an ant. It was like a god. <laughs> Damn, holy. Uh, and they had them in boxes. I, I caught a 20 of those cells, but that chamber went on a lot a lot further past what I could see. W what were they keeping in those? How were they keeping them in there? To be fair, even in their version of SCP, they've got a lot of godlike creatures as well, yeah? Yeah, but not like in one mm -hmm. room. <laughs> right. Fair. So now we've got Log 2. This is Peter Vincent again. Yeah, so you saw Ohala Ohala cactus. Oh shit, I was Ohala, wasn't oh, I? Oh, it's just, it's like all silence! Yeah. <laughs> I have no Shiggity, 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 Okay, mission debrief interview, date and Team interview, Agent Liam Ohalo, Mobile Task Force Apollo 3, Game Warden. Interviewer, Dr. Peter Vincent. Mission debrief, extraction, subject 1730. Same thing about it before. Begin log. Hey, Cactus. Mm -hmm. Ohalo means family. Oh. Ohalo means no one gets left behind. <laughs> <laughs> Including Houston. All right. If you could, please state your name for the official transcript. Agent Ohalo. Is there something... We should have died in there. This isn't real. This, 
This isn't real. We were supposed to die in there. Agent, we really have to file this report. If you could just get over your PTSD for a second and cooperate with me for a moment so I can get your official testimony. We have counselors on site who you can speak to afterwards. Oh, hello? End log! Good luck. Hey, you know what? Great log, though. <laughs> Poor Ohalo. Oh, Ratu's alive! What? Oh, yeah, he came back to life. They, they woke him back up. Alright, so, so thankfully it's a new doctor. So hey, here's, here's, finally here's something awake. fun. Here's, <laughs> here's yeah. something fun uh, that I fucked up. So, uh, the, way, the way Samsara was originally written, uh, they didn't, like, retain their memories after they died. Right, like, it, or rather, it didn't happen remotely. They could like plug back into a computer, and then they would like like back up their memories, mm-hmm. but they didn't just get them all the time. And I was like, nah, that's, that's not how it works. Uh, so the way that they work in this article is like they were doing like a full backup all the time, and the moment they died, it like went back to the computer. I that was, is not that's not just, how it was intended. I was just telling Tanoni, even though I know they're not like robot people now, that uh, uh, like I think in, in the first part we did this, I mentioned it kind of reminded me of uh, Wait, uh, Near Automata. Uh huh. Yep. Yeah, like how they have the memories, and like depending on if you're able to save in time or not, you keep them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll I can do the doctor this time if you want to do the the well the racing <laughs> thing is the same. Based. Yeah. Let's just skip to the meat of the meat and potatoes. Cool. State your name for the record, please. I am Arantu, lead of Mobile Task Force Tau-5 Samsara. In your own words, please describe the events that took place while you were within SCP-1730. Just real quick, I want to note, uh, not to suck your dick too much, Cactus, but I kind of mm. like the... Um, I really like how this establishes cleverly a bit more about Samsara, because the previous article was a human guy, and he's like clearly fucked up, PTSD, mm-hmm. does not a thing, and he's just like, oh, sure, I'll tell you exactly what happened. I don't care at all. Yep. Because he's kind of gets across he, the whole idea. Yeah, he doesn't he doesn't really get it. Like he doesn't like, his whole thing is like, "Oh yeah, mission's good." He's you like, know? "Oh, hollow, just calm down." <laughs> yeah, uh, hollow. Get over it, man. Just get fixed. <laughs> just get over it. Just get fixed. <laughs> Drink some water, dude. <laughs> Drink some water. Go for a walk. Go for a walk. You'll feel a lot better. Get, really get in touch with nature. <laughs> Have you seen Everest? <laughs> <laughs> dude, I, I know you're depressed, but seriously, dude, do you go like- for I like got kind of sad once, so I just went to Mount Rushmore, and I was fine, dude. I was fine, man. I was fine afterwards. Don't worry about it. Of course, the Tau-5 team inserted into SCP-1730 and began to move towards the source of the broadcast. Anru was able to track the location of the survivors and plotted a course towards them that would expose us to the fewest spatial hazards possible. Several times our course had to be adjusted due to unforeseen obstacles, but nothing that we were not able to overcome. Shortly after rendezvous with Captain Hollis and the survivors, our extraction efforts led us through the section of the facility containing the Thresher machine, which we believe is what resulted in 1730's existence within our universe. Shortly thereafter, during our retreat, I was terminated. I see. As for Agents Moros, Vigo, and the others? They were also terminated. Terminated? Expired. Succumbed to their injuries. I know what it means, Irantu. I just... I can't help but feel as if you feel good about this. I feel neither good nor bad, only satisfied at the outcome. What? Our extraction mission was a success. With minimal loss of life, our team was able to infiltrate an extremely hazardous and volatile spatial anomaly and extract several high-value persons of interest. I do not know what else you would like me to say. We were exposed to a number of dangerous anomalies and were able to successfully carry out our mission. There were regrettable losses of capable and experienced personnel, but not outside of our margin of error. 
On the contrary, our team performed better than our preliminary models predicted. I see. Thank you, Irantu. I will be sure to include your remarks in the report. You're welcome. As is required by Cooperative Mission Protocol, I would like the opportunity to, de- to debrief with Zeta-9 Captain Hollis. Captain Hollis was killed within SCP-1730. Irantu? Regrettable. Captain Hollis expressed great resilience in the face of near-certain failure. As protocol dictates, I will follow my report instead with Captain Hollis's assigned site administrator's office. Thank you for your time, Doctor. Oh. oh, we got a little bit of humanity there at the end. I do feel pretty good. You know, it's it's funny. Like when I go back and read things that I wrote, and technically, I imagine you're probably the same way. It is kind of like an, especially if you see like hear other people read them or see things that other people have made based on those things. It's, yeah. it's like a really weird, almost like dissociative thing where you're like you like I can I I understand that the words came out of my brain, but at the same time, it's very difficult for me to like imagine that they came out of my brain because it just feels like fiction that somebody wrote yeah yeah mm-hmm. so i have a hard time like appreciating the things that i wrote a lot of times because to me you know i'm trying hard to not be like i'm trying hard to put myself in the place of like this is something that i i put together this is my thing but every now and then i'll see something that i wrote and i was like yeah okay that's not, that's not bad and i feel pretty good about that log of all of these logs at the end that one's probably my favorite i agree well i I mean, I haven't read the rest, but so far that one's up there. All right, so who's who's Houston? Oh god, I, I, well, I did check ahead of this. I saw his entire Houston look. You should be Ian Harris because he, that's like the most British name. That's true. But you so. do have to be Ian Harris. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll okay. keep up the Houston comedy. Uh, I'll do that. So the interviewer for this one is, or interviewee, is Agent Cotter Houston, Mobile Task Force Apollo 3 Game Wardens. And the the interviewer is Dr. Ian Harris. All right. First off, I need your name for our logs. Sure. I'm Cotter Houston, (laughs) member of the Apollo 3 team. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Good, good. Now... Uh, Agent Houston, uh, describe to me your uh, affliction here, much as you can. I love the conflict of like the most British accent and the most fucking southern. <laughs> the absolute dregs of society. <laughs> well, I'm sure it's pretty clear, but I don't seem to have the uh, shins anymore. There's a there's a line where the thing that covered them up came up to, and you can sort of sort of see the inside of the leg there, uh, like it's been replaced with a flat piece of grass, glass, or something. But I can still, you know, I can still walk. It don't really feel like I'm missing anything down there. It just kind of looks like it. And you can, yeah, you can sort of like run your hand through where they should be, obviously, because they're not there. But but I don't feel that either. So, uh, yeah. I see. Well, what, what can you tell me about this material you said you stepped in? I fell in, actually. Or rather, I tripped and it sort of just kept coming. It was, shit, we opened the door and it looked like there wasn't anything there on the other side of it. Then it started to like, it ri- started to rise through the door and up the stairwell. You ever played video games before? It was like some sort of graphic glitch. It wasn't rising fast or anything, just steady. We eventually got to a door, but that was after I fell and, uh, and this. It's like Ellis from Love for Dead. I didn't intend this guy to be a huge redneck, but he sounds like a redneck. <laughs> can you uh, can you tell me anything about the uh, initial sensation? Uh, initial what now? Did it hurt? <laughs> oh, no, I mean, I didn't realize what was happening at first. Everybody else was panicking, and then I looked down and saw they were gone, and I started panicking, but, I mean, obviously I was all right. It never hurt none. It just feels normal. 
Well, uh, not normal. It's obviously weird. My legs are missing. And I think I might be in shock, but uh, every now and then I can sort of feel something sort of uh, brush past them. Brush past them. Oh, my God. Are they trapped in another plane? <clears throat> yeah, I yeah. mean, the parts that are missing down there, I thought I was imagining it at first, like guys who have phantom pain. You, you ever heard of phantom pain, the Metal Gear game? But it's, <laughs> uh, I mean, I can actually feel my legs, so I don't think it's that. It's like there's some sort of furry and kind of wet that just, just barely presses past them. <laughs> who knows? Josie the half cat? It's the hat cat. It's the half cat. Finally. The other Josie, half of the cat? Josie moment. It's the other half of the half cat. Did you write the half cat? I did not write the half cat. We did, okay. we did the half cat on another video, though. I know yeah. you did. When 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 we had talked about doing this one, I went back and watched a couple of your videos, and that was one. Uh, and yeah. I was like, I was like, that gets referenced in my article too. That's why we did uh, it. Yeah, yeah, that was the point of this episode. Everything in there was in here except for laugh is fun, just to fuck with us. <laughs> uh, let's see who's next: Moonru and Captain O'Neill. I want to do Captain. O'Neil. Nice. Yeah, sure. uh, here's here's the best part. So the interviewee is Moonru of Samsara. Um, the interviewer is Captain Elliot O'Neill, Mobile Task Force D26, Time Cops. Oh, I love that name. Oh, some of them are so good. Okay. When did you lose track of Captain Hollis? In the chaos of our retreat, Captain Hollis was separated from us. I do not know when. Moonru, your camera was undamaged. We know you spoke to her before she left. Damn. I'm not very good at that. Why didn't you keep her from leaving your group? I only knew Captain Hollis for a handful of hours, but in that time she proved to be an experienced and capable agent. I assume that any decision she would make in regards to her own personal behavior would be made with her experiences and training in mind, both of which exceeded my own. Additionally, she outranked me. Your mission parameters forbade you from allowing other team members from putting themselves in harm's way and required that you do everything you could to mitigate loss of life. How do you reconcile your actions with those requirements? Technically speaking, nothing I did allowed Captain Hollis to put herself in any danger. I could not foresee the outcome of her actions and use my best judgment to justify my own. For all I knew, she could have been moving to a safer location. Away from the group? It would be illogical to assume that an agent with her level of experience would purposefully endanger themselves in an unpredictable situation. And you believe your justifications are an acceptable interpretation of your mission protocols? Of course. Very well. When you return to holding, you will be meeting with us. I hope your arguments hold up. As do I. Oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, no. I forgot about this one. Oh, no. I can do it. This. I can do it. All right. You want me to do it, Tan? I can take over. Onru no. was my original. Burden. I, I took you. it from myself. Tan, I don't think you can do it. Look how many paragraphs I can there do, are. I will tone it down a little bit, but I'll, I'll try it for as long as I can. Darnell, you do it, Dr. Arnold. Alright. <clears throat> Is uh, Dr. Darian Arnold. Mm. Why did you pursue Captain Hollis? I believed I understood Captain Hollis's intentions before she left the group, based on her discussions with the team leads before we began our extraction. I feared that she might have not been capable of returning along our previous course without my assistance. Your recording equipment went dark for a long period before becoming active again in the Thresher area. What happened during that time? Hmm. Onru, I'm going to need an answer. I disabled the equipment. There was... There was a room we passed through that was different than it had been before. It was a server room above the Olympia containment cells. I, I do not... 
I do not know how our path ended there. I, I had not intended it to. It was a mistake. When we entered it, it was on the room it had been, but... What do you mean? I am sorry. It is difficult to speak. When we <laughs> entered the door, I could see the servers around me, but superimposed over them was... We were standing on a precipice, overlooking an area the size of which I cannot estimate. Below us were humans, screaming, their arms ending at the wrists, crying to the silent sky for restitution, and then... The sky burned. It was like a star had fallen, and I had to look away. Hollis could not. When I turned back, I could see scorched corpses on the ground. Billions of them. But billions of other living beings who came rushing towards the fallen star with their arms oh, outstretched. This is from looking at uh, 001. Uh, boop, boop, boop. And hanging in that star like a, star, like a twisted marionette was uh, at Site 13. They called it Maladromogian. In this place, they called it another name. A hateful name. Why did, why did you disable your recording equipment? When I first encountered this entity, it created anomalous mimetic and cognitive hazards powerful enough to burn the scramble units out of my eyes. I do not know what it would have done to anyone who was not otherwise protected. What did it do to you? It showed us things. Visions. Coils <laughs> of fire. It sounds like Yoda for a second. It does sound like fucking Yoda. And the sky <laughs> made light with a storm of souls. Coils of fire there were. A hole at the center of the universe that screamed at me. A god of nightmares. Something long and lean. Slowly walking between endless rows of crucifixions. And then, it showed something to Hollis that I did not see. When it did, the runes across its... Its head began to burn and pulse, and the man who is strapped there began to blister and fester. When it was done, I saw an ocean behind it, and a blue sky. Our sky. It turned towards the ocean and sank into it. When it was gone, the visions faded, and the room was empty. The first half of that paragraph kind of reminded me of Evangelion. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff like that in there. Um, those are all supposed to reference different things, too. Nice. Um, yeah, the... I can't remember what the first thing is now off the top of my head. I haven't written down. The whole the center of the universe is a pattern screamer. The God mm -hmm. of Nightmares is an article that Sumerian and I wrote um, <laughs> called uh, You Know His Name. Oh. And then um, Maladramagian is an interpretation of a god of hands uh, from, well, it's not from that article, but it's based on that article. Uh, it's based on Kalman 001 Past and Future because uh, there's, there's a place in that article called the Planet of Hands. And so I, I was trying to imagine what a god of hands would look like and Maladramagian is a god of hands. Ooh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. New lore. Yeah. I see. Something. Oh, oh, sorry. One more thing, too, because yeah, yeah, uh, this is just a little breaking news for your guys' podcast specifically. Oh, nobody ever points this out because nobody ever, like, I don't know if anybody doesn't, like, recognize it or not. But so at the very end of the article, obviously, um, Site 13 kind of gets yeeted out of these, this reality. Mm -hmm. um, but. <laughs> The what Onru is describing here happens yeah, just before that. Valley Dragon sort of skedaddle. He does skedaddle. He's in the ocean somewhere, and I'm probably going to write an article about him at some point, but we're not there yet. 
Anyway, like, I'll <laughs> get you next time, Samsara. <laughs> <laughs> and I would have gotten away with it, too, if it weren't for you and your Dow Five. I see. After that... Hollis ran. I, I followed her. She said nothing until I reached the machine. She told me that she had been there alone for some time. She said she knew how to turn it on. She said that she did not know where she would go, but that she needed to take the things she saw and bury them in the darkness. Before she could start the machine, the creatures from the containment cells came into that chamber, and I was terminated. Did Captain Hollis say anything to you before you died? No, she only laughed and wept. Oh. Sounds like a Bible verse. Uh, so this is it, guys. This is the very last log of the article. Yeah. It's, it's, it is a long one. It is definitely a yeah. long one. Uh, oh God, Scott! Whoever I, I Scott cannot be Scott, please. Someone have mercy on me. Hey, that's hell. You're walking into discovering SCP. <laughs> so, what do you want to do, Darnell? I will be the brave martyr and play Scott if you would like. Excellent. Unless I will, you are down for it. No, you did no. all the big narration before, and I feel. Yeah, bad. no, no. You're good. You're good. I will do Doctor Doctor Vesseland. Uh, so this is Doctor Muhammad Scott, who is the Site Thirteen Assistant Director of Temporal Studies. And a direct or site twenty three director William Vesculand, that's me. Please state your name for the record. My name is Doctor Muhammad no, Scott. Please do We're not. not do please do one. not. We're not going to do that. I will oh, die. I will die right now. On this hill. Okay. <laughs> My name is Doctor Muhammad Scott. You seem to be a little out of place, Doctor Scott. <laughs> Only a little. Our two timelines were not so different, I think. Oh, was this the guy who made the original encrypted message? It is, yes. Yep. Except for the one thing. Yes, there is that thing. Tell me about Site 13. Site 13. Do you want the brief version or. As thorough as you can be. Well, you Very see, well. Site item number Site for SCP 1730. <laughs> I'm <laughs> This is where we just linked the last three episodes. Uh, Very well. Originally, there were plans to build a large containment facility in the American Midwest. Ayo! But that was before... (laughs) Let me back up. In 1964, the Foundation discovered a massive dead sea creature washed up on the shore near the Indian-Bangladeshi border. No facility in the region had the kind of infrastructure it took to hold the body of this entity, let alone study it. So several ships were dispatched, and it was dragged through the ocean back towards the United States. Prior to this, the plan was to build Site-19 in the American Midwest, but afterwards it was decided that there was no way to conceal a creature of this size and shuttle it across the U.S. mainland. So after some deliberation, the Site-19 plans were scrapped and the focus was given to another facility near Nome, Alaska. That was Site-13. Even in the beginning, it was massive. Excuse me. Considerably larger than any other site the Foundation managed, and it quickly became our premier containment facility. It was remote, fortified, and best of all, easily concealed in the snow and ice. After the Soviet Union collapsed in 85, we learned that they didn't even know Site-13 existed, let alone where it was. I see. When did you join the Foundation, Dr. Scott? Number one. Oh, in 76. I joined straight out of university, recruited by one of the administrators at my school. That was back when we were still independent. I worked at Site-22 in Bermuda. The best job I ever had. (laughs) Yeah, It was a much different Foundation. Tell me about what happened to the Foundation. 
Site 13 was very expensive to operate, and there were some financial difficulties. In 1994, a Marxist extremist from the Ukraine detonated the bomb in the basement of the Manchester Financial Tower. There's a little footer here. The Willis Tower, formerly the Sears Tower, in Chicago. A fire started at the base of the building, and eventually the tower collapsed at its base and fell over on its side. Thousands died. The United States government was enraged at the foundation after it was discovered that the extremist in question had used an anomaly to enter the basement and get past security. Thought that the billions of dollars that the United States were funding to the foundation were being wasted. After the 1996 election, President Dole decided to cut all funding for foundation sites in the States. All available funding went to keeping those sites afloat, and with the weight of Site 13, the situation was dire. So what happened? A compromise. A former Dole staffer named Paul Manafort was appointed as the Secretary General of the Global Occult Coalition and came to us with a solution. We group our resources with the coalitions, combining our efforts to protect normalcy under their leadership. We would keep our name on our sites, but directors would be appointed by the UN Security Council. We would once again receive funding from the United States, as well as that generated by the United Nations, and would be able to keep the lights on. But... But the Overseer Council refused. They hunkered down at Overwatch Command and refused to bend the knee. Then, a few years later, a site in Portland, Oregon collapsed due to crumbling infrastructure, and a creature we called the Dream Whale was spotted floating down the California coast. Tan, that's giving me PTSD. Dream Whale. The White Whale. (laughs) This was very early internet days. There were so many funny cat memes, but that didn't stop (laughs) film cameras. It was a disaster. The overseers mobilized all of our task forces in the area, but we didn't even have the money for the amnestics. In a day, it would be over San Francisco, and that would basically be the end of it. Then we got an internet email that the Overseer Council had been disbanded, and that the foundation was now under the operation of the GOC. Secretary General Manafort and the Security Council established a new board of directors overnight, and before the sun rose, the dream whale was recontained and every loose end was tied up. Nobody resisted the change in leadership? Why would we? We suddenly had money. We were suddenly no longer having to decide between taking notes on the backs of our hands or not taking them at all. Secretary General Manafort installed a new foundation administrator, Vice President Jack Kemp, but he was little more than a figurehead. New directors were appointed, most of them from our own site staff, so it looked good, honestly. We were finally able to carry out our mission to its fullest. We had technology, we had personnel, it was wonderful. And then we started to hear about people being reassigned. Anomalies being shipped off site never returning. You would hear people talk about, oh, so-and-so is in trouble now. They're going to be sent to Site 13. I thought most of it was just talk, and then I was reassigned in 2003. What was it like? Cold. Site 13 was immense, and the lights stayed on, but that facility was always cold. They were always working on the site, more and more construction underground, and they kept leaving exterior doors open. At first, it wasn't so bad. I was able to keep doing my research, and I had more funding than ever. Temporal slash spatial studies, you know? The director then was Jack Bright, one of the old doctors from back in the day. Very charismatic. The staff loved him. He had a medallion he wore, some anomaly from way back that made him immortal. So long as he had it on, he wouldn't age. Anyway, things were great for a few years. Then one day, another popular doctor was found dead in her office, Cynthia. The story we all get is that Bright had fancied her, but when he found she was with another man, he went and killed her in a fit of passion. Bright is summarily locked up, and Elliot Emerson is installed as the director of Site 13. He... What's that? Emerson was on one of Bright's research teams when he was assigned to Site 15. He wasn't a popular doctor, but he was a good administrator, and helped make sure that the important projects stayed afloat during the financial crisis. He was on the shortlist of people to become the director of Site 13 after the reorganization, but Bright got picked over him. 
Some people said he felt slighted. A lot of people said he framed Bright. I think Manafort didn't like Bright's anti-coalition sentiments, had him made out to be some dangerous anomaly that had to be contained, and put Emerson up because nobody would complain about Emerson. He was very... middle of the road. Didn't stand out much. Elliot ended up doing some terrible things, but I truly believe he was only doing them because Manafort demanded it. What kind of terrible things? Oh, God. I didn't see much until years later, but we always heard about things happening deeper below the site. They were building all of the new containment cells and research facilities. Then they built the incinerator. Originally, it was made so that they could dispose of the body of that sea monster from before, but then they just started using it for uh, everything. At first, they were doing some invasive testing on anomalous animals, then on humans. Then the vivisections began. The, ex- the ethics committee tried to step in, but they were removed. They dragged the old chairman, Jeremiah Samarian, out into the commons at Site 17 and shot him in the head for being a traitor. Peter Grenwald became the new foundation slash GOC ethics head, and of course all of the new tests were approved. I don't know what they were testing for, but if you were anomalous and you weren't found to have it, you went into the body pit. We kept hearing, it's for the greater good, it's for the protection of mankind. What were we supposed to do? Speak out and end up like Samarian? Maybe for a braver man. But I knew the work I was doing was good, so I kept my head down and carried on. Then, well, (laughs) it sounds silly now. In 2010, we contained God. Not just any God, either. The Abrahamic God. The actual thunder and lightning, YHWH, fire and brimstone God. I don't know how they managed it. Some technology developed by the Coalition, I'm sure. And that was just the first. They filled Site 13 to the brim with everything they could get their hands on. Hmm. Well, that is a lot. I guess the only other question I have immediately is, what happened to Site 13? Vera Hadley, doctor of internal medicine from some site in Italy. For a few years, she was the site's chief biologist. The Security Council made her the assistant director of anomalous biology at the same time I was promoted to the same position for temporal studies. She and Elliot had been together, and she pretty adamantly opposed everything he was making us do. Elliot kept his tail between his legs, but Manafort wouldn't have it. He had her stripped of her position after just three months and demoted to junior researcher after that. One night, after staging some kind of demonstration, some guards showed up and, well, they stripped her naked and inspected her for contraband right in the middle of the main corridor. When they were done and satisfied, they nearly beat her to death and left her there. Myself and a few others, doctors, took her to the medical center and she recovered, but she never really recovered. Something inside her had died, or been replaced with something else. She did something, hatched some scheme. She sent me an email about it the night before she did it, but I didn't pay any attention. When it happened and when that thing attacked the site, Emerson came and begged me to turn on the thresher. It was supposed to be an absolutely lasting protect the world, a wholly untested piece of technology that was just as likely to have burned the world and saved it. Its entire existence was the result of a joke, one that I might have taken too seriously at the time, but either way, I refused, told him the risk was too great, that even if it worked, we were just creating a problem for another world, but he was inconsolable. Oh, is the threshing device what brought it to this world? Mm-hmm. Damn, so that's what it was. Yeah, dog. He told me that staying and facing the Secretary General would be a fate worse than death. He pulled a gun on me, demanded I do it. I fled, went to gather my team in the hopes that we could escape, but before we could even leave our lab, it happened. It... it, it. Are you alright? Yes. The Thresher was a complicated machine. I guess I should count myself lucky that we survived it all, but we may very well have been in that strange space between worlds for a thousand years. When we awoke, we were still in Site 13. The cells were thrown open and the inmates were loose. 
you had not come down for us, we would have died. I am certain of this. Hmm. Do you know where Site 13 has gone? There is no way to predict it. Chances are it will be a place like this, but then it may not. It could be any number of strange and unknown worlds. You knew someone who was left with it. Oh, did, is that what Hollis did? Just send it to another world? Mm-hmm. Yeeted it off into space. Oh, my gosh. It's like the United States debt problem. We're just going to uh-huh. keep pushing it off to the future. Just push it off to somebody else. Yeah. Uh, that's relevant for this article, actually. Uh, uh, I do. I can't reach the internet right uh, now. Shut up. <laughs> hey, did I say you could talk? I did not. Shut up. God you can't damn. reach the internet. It's fine. Dan, are you still there? Yeah. There he is. As do I. We were not the only survivors, though there were not many of us. They, well, they did not fare as well as we did. It is a tragedy, but there is nothing that can be done now. I only hope, maybe, I hope after all this, Emerson has found some peace. He truly was a great doctor. And he was my friend. I... Of course. Thank you for your time, Dr. Scott. We'll speak again soon. And that's it. Pop the champagne! It's <laughs> done! So I saw Fucking Emerson. Uh, I don't think he reached much peace. <laughs> Last I saw he him. Will he will never. Not. He fucking Diavolo Endless Death Loop. <laughs> there it is. Wow, Rose, three! You finished my my big long thing that everybody always talks about. Congratulations! We did a, I think uh, I already uploaded on my account. Wow! Wait, holy sh- shit! All right, this is the yep. part where I'm supposed to give my opinion, which is a little awkward because you're here with us. But you're a cool Have guy, so now. I'm just gonna do it. Here, I'll meet. I'll meet myself. I'm Don't meet myself. yourself. You're good. Okay. So I would give this one probably a 9 or a 9.5 out of 10. It's a little hard to rate because we did this over several weeks, so some of the Mm -hmm. early parts are a little fuzzy. But uh, from what I remember, it was a very cool atmosphere. I really liked the characters and the narrative that was strung together. And I think that was the strongest part was the setting, the narrative, and the characters. Um, I think where it lacked a little bit was in the description department. So, mm. for example, towards the end, you mentioned a lot of people complaining you turned it into an action movie. I actually don't mind. I think it was a pretty solid ending. But I started to, and we joked about it, and I'm, I'm not going to be hard on you for it, but there was a whole lot of black and plus red eyes. Oh, and that kind of became every creature. Rather than in the initial logs where there was like, there, there was the hooded figure, there was the Emerson thing, there was the writing mm-hmm. on the walls, it was a lot more varied. There were the leeches. And then it kind of just turned into black things, red eyes. So I knock it a little for that. I'm also knocking it a little bit because I think it was just a little too long. And obviously I prefer the shorter SAPs in general, but even so, I think most of the length here is warranted, but I feel like there were times in the earlier logs where some of that description could have been cut down, uh, made more concise, made more relevant to get through the story that was important. Um, but otherwise, I think it was really excellent. It was a lot of fun to read. The experience for me was enhanced by the previous episode before we started this, where Dan had us run through a lot of the SCPs that were referenced. I laughed my ass off when Bobble showed up. Uh, <laughs> overall, I had a great time. And so I'm going to give it a 9, 9.5 out of 10. Not like our highest rating available, but it's pretty up there for me. I assume Bobble also made it out. So now there's two bubbles in this universe. <laughs> there are two bubbles in this universe. One of them, one of them is normal Bobble, one of them is... Damaged. He's very, very hateful. He's br- he's, br- he's the Jer- Jared Leto ball. One on one guy. He's sending sending people like condoms full of jism. It's like bubbles in the room yeah. with us because <laughs> he's so he's so broken. 
I mentioned that so far. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to make a step bubble joke. So go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking, I can't uh, stop. Yeah, go for it. Uh, You were saying earlier that the Arantu one was your favorite, and I said it was good so far. I still think that one might be my favorite, and granted, part of it, I think, is because of my my hilarious Houston accent, but I really like the Houston one as well. (laughs) Um, And I also (laughs) like that final one with Scott was really good, I think. Um, So it's kind of hard to pick a favorite. Those three are up there for me. I really like the surreal bit with a Maladraverman man. I can't really say his name. (laughs) Maladramagian. Maladramagian. This article Mario. Mario Luigian. Uh, this article is kind of funny for me to go back and read now because, like, it, I fir- when I first started writing it, it was in 2015. Mm-hmm. This was the second full year that I was on the wiki. So early on, there are a lot of things that I see that I like that are sort of indicative of that for me. So I, I can definitely tell like that there's a like distinct like first half and second half, but I don't think it's the the first half and second half that most people point to because most people see like oh well the first half is like horror oriented the second half is action movie oriented, but like I can definitely see there's not necessarily even just like a quality shift but just like a way that I used to work phrase things. Mm-hmm. Um, if I were to do this again, one I wouldn't because uh, <laughs> I don't. I mean I say that, but then I also did the way it ends and that one's way long, so fuck it. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I cannot stop. I'm I'm broken. I'm the Jerry Leto doctor, <laughs> DJ Cactus. Uh, I I don't know. I, like, I really enjoyed writing it uh, at the time, and I've enjoyed the response it's gotten since. I don't know if I would do it this way again if I were going to do it again. Um, but I I'm glad that you guys liked it. It was very fun for me to be part of. Thanks for inviting me to this. Yeah, uh, we'd love to have you. And if you ever want to come on again, just talk to us. I just um, assumed I'd be on. I just assumed I'd be on every every episode from now on. Oh, great, so. perfect. You feel yeah. every Friday? Uh, y- yes. Unironically? Uh, question I mean, mark. I mean, unironically, I don't do anything. I have to. What? What is it? Donnell's uh, trying to get my replacement in. <laughs> oh no! I, I I don't want. I do want to say um, we probably won't bother you that much just because uh-huh. uh, given your busy life, we're to get you. but also uh, I do kind of like the dynamic tan and I have nothing against you. Honestly, we've had so much fun and I would love to have you on no, again. The, You're a great show, guy. But I, be... I like two people where the third is a guest sometime more than well, the show guest would be infinitely less interesting if I was here all the time. I very much enjoy so mm-hmm. that far be it for me to step on step on the magic that you've created between your yourselves that's the and, you got, and we were glad to have you as a piece of that magic um it was also very good that i was able to get in contact with you because tan is really shy about inviting people on that's why we haven't had many since boris so yeah, it, it was really good of, that i was able kind to of crack. weird dude like yeah. i don't know if you know tan t- tanny boy step tanny but like this. uh you are within like the 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 upper circle i mean you, the inner circle you know that you, yeah. you've, you've got the, that big dick swinging if you want to. I'll always I, be like, hey, talk to Peppas. Hey, talk to Salmon. Hey, talk to... Well, talking to Salmon is different because he hasn't been seen for years. Dexanote. Dexanote. And Tan's like, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. It's just, you know, it's weird to bring up. And I'm like, what do you mean? But anyway, I'm not here to bring Tan. Um, the point is, we would love to have you on again as a guest. We'd love to have other guests. But yeah, I think keeping yeah. it Tan and I... 
Also, Tan and I, um, I, I we've been best friends for years. Um, oh, so so it just, it's just kind of like I really like our friendship dynamic. It feels <laughs> natural. Uh, you're great too, but it would be a certain comments. That's true. No, 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 for sure, for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, next time you do an article of mine, give me a ring. Do not invite me if you're not going to do my articles. It okay. is well known. <laughs> I, I don't read anything that I don't write, and I rarely read the things I write myself. So, what uh, a badass take! If you want any kind of any kind of useful commentary, definitely don't invite me to read any of Tan Hunter stuff. Absolutely, invite you to read more cactus stuff, but I don't want to say every time because Tan has made this a cactus podcast recently. I don't no, know how many episodes you've watched, but for a while we were the Doctor Gears podcast, hey, and now we're the Cactus Podcast. I don't know if you know Darnell. Yeah. This is the Cactus Wiki. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. You just wait till the crystal bird goes up. You guys, we'll you guys, you guys, you guys aren't as bad as uh, exploring series is. That guy, I love him to death. He's done like seven of my articles in a row. He's. I was so excited. Uh, he did one of mine last. I think so. Yeah, we, I also didn't realize there was a series called Exploring till when I typed "Discovering SCP" it shows up, and I'm starting mm-hmm. to wonder because T- Tan came up with the name if he maybe stole that or not. <laughs> it feels like it's just a rip off of Exploring. Yeah, that guy. He's the, those videos are pretty good, but I, I I definitely like the good vibe. Thank you, thank you. And I All think right, it's what fun else you got? Uh, I will say we've read so many of yours now. I've come to recognize yours because they've are always got like the really cool format at the top, oh, and Tan like never formats his. He wouldn't but, because he's weak and cowardly. I, that's what I say. All right, yeah. All we have left is some questions. Now that we're done being mean to Tan for no reason, even though he's been good to me. These are the comments on our last episode here, so I'll just go through yeah. them one at a time, top to bottom. All right, let me pull them up. The last episode was called Avengers Endgame, by the way, because <laughs> we, we wanted extra views. <laughs> yeah, we named an episode Animal Crossing. We also named one Stardust Crusaders, and both of them got way more views than the ones before and after them. So rather than <laughs> improving the podcast, we decided to just make. <laughs> right, so let's check out some of these comments, shall okay, we? So I actually, my question shows up first for me, but it well, might be at the end for yeah, you. I'll, I'll go through them in the correct order, though. So Locked okay. Network says, I exist. No, you don't. Long Lang uh, yes, you do. says, regarding the cactus- I cannot tell either way. Long Lang says, uh, regarding the cactus verse, within it, what are the mechanisms by which evidence of the existence of such a multitude of advanced ancient civilizations, including presumably dozens of significant archaeological findings a year, extensive genetic traces, etc., is kept from the general public and non-anomalous scientific study? Darnell, I'll let you take this one. Uh, I'm going to throw this one, actually, to the desert plant. <sighs> say it again. Uh, regarding right, the let me say it verse... slower. Hang on. <laughs> All right, Tan, you got it? Do you want me to say it or not? Yeah, say it, but slow it down, because you were really fast the first time. Regarding the cactus verse, within it, what are the mechanisms by which evidence of the existence of such a multitude of advanced alien civiliza- ancient civilization, sorry, mm-hmm. including presumably dozens of significant archaeological finds a year, extensive genetic traces, etc., is kept from the general public and nominalist scientific study? It's actually very, very funny that this question got asked, and I'm kind of curious as to who asked it. It's long um, they talk a lot about, like, they're in our server, uh, they're pretty cool. They talk a lot about, like, old civilizations, and, like, they're very into, like, grammar and conlang. I don't know what conlang is. But, like, very, very much like a world builder and, like, details-oriented person. So, the, oh boy. The long and short of it is that there, this mechanism exists, and I've been planning on it for a while. The, the, the mechanism itself 
already exists on the wiki. I have not done anything to it yet. I know what it like. I'll, I'll, I'll say two things about it. One, it's going to be explained in depth uh, in the very next article that I write, which is Dread Titania. Um, and the article that the mechanism by which those things are, I guess, kept under wraps for the most part um, was a contest entry in one of the previous contests. Uh, or sorry, it was a one of the previous like X zero 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 contest entries. Mm-hmm. So those are things. I'm the next article I write is going to be about this thing specifically and why it's such a big deal in all the stuff that I write. But the thing that it is, or the thing that it will be referencing, already exists. Nice. Mm-hmm. All right, so everyone, stay tuned. Cactus promote using this comment to promote the next. Using SPC. this, Very just dab it on them. Just dab it on them. Go ahead. So Darnell Jermaine says, this guy's still not on our channel. Darnell Jermaine says, I have a question. Who were the first six U.S. presidents in chronological order? Only Tanhini answer, please. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> Without using Wikipedia. I just want, just say the names, and then if you don't know, just make some up. George Washington. How many? Mm-hmm. Abraham Lincoln. Ben Franklin. Oh, come on. You watched Hamilton with me. You know who two is. Oh, Thomas no. Jefferson. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Close enough. Uh, Alan Kia. Oh no. Ben Richards. Uh, George Washington Ooh. again. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm with you. It's like the Redux. Uh, yeah. DJ Cactus. Also, okay. You know what? Um, True. The 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 uh, the original T model Ford. <laughs> uh, how many is that now? After like me, eight. actually. Uh, and then just those eight again. <laughs> awesome. Pretty, hey, you. you know what? He nailed it. He nailed it. So Boris WW. Right. <laughs> Boris says, okay, few notes on this one. Number one. Wow, me and Tanhini's co-hosts have the same least favorite episode. How's that feel about that? Oh, no. He was eating torches for an hour. <laughs> He's doing it. He's teasing me because we were in call before he made that because we were all playing Among Us. Uh-huh. And I was telling him how uh, why he was our favorite because he was like the one who left the comments and he knows us. And I told Tanhoni's friend, Tanhoni's co-host. So he did that as a joke. Yeah, you come up with I that promise. story just now. Boris and I are like this. Yeah. <clears throat> Number two. At least I want, to, I want to believe that Boris likes me because if not, then why am I doing this? Number two. <laughs> Ouroboros really is a boss battle. There's a summary of it on YouTube that's literally like four hours long. Darnell, you don't know what Ouroboros is yet. Maybe one day you will find uh, out. Well, I assume it's a snake that eats its own uh, it's, like a meta- it's like a metaphorical snake. Number three. Joke skips really aren't my thing. Sorry to hear that. Oh, wrong. Number four. I'm not, I'm not really sure what it's in reference to because I've already forgotten the previous episode. This is the butt ghost. Uh, oh, as for And eating... I was talking about how it could be taken as a sexual thing because of eating ass. As mm. for eating butts, well, we are millennials after all. What? <laughs> hey. Technically, I'm at the very late oh. millennial early Gen Z. I'm 22. Year of our Lord 2020. Even the, even the ghosts are eating. Yeah. Amen. Killer One uh, Gamer One says, we got... We've got a lot of comments on this last video. Killer One Gamer One says, if the next guy you're interviewing is DJ Cactus, then I just want to ask one thing. Is EVE Online oh really that good? I keep seeing you play it for seven plus hours straight. I've been playing EVE Online since 2006. 
I I will never recommend it to anybody, but I can't stop playing. I so tried don't, playing don't play it, it for like an hour once, and I, I I couldn't read. Me when I used to play World of Warcraft, you you got a, you got out, you you escaped. People have their MMO. Yeah, I managed to escape. No other MMO has done it for me, but I can't touch World of Warcraft because if I do, I'll spend at least six months back in it. Everyone, I think. I think every person that likes video games has one MMO, like, for some reason, compared to all the others, that's just, like, it will fucking yeah. rip their soul. Club Penguin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> rip. Correct. I remember I played the World of Warcraft trial. I would, yeah. like, ignore all the quests there and run straight to, like, the nearest big city and just ride the train back and forth, because I liked it. I used to, like, getting a character really high up and then going to the starting zone and, like... Uh, the opposite, like, Alliance or Horde place, and I would kill the high-level guards and just kill the new players on the PvP servers because I was a piece of shit. Oh my god. So Hunter Spazafora says, apparently I'm not going to writing turn in my comments, as I believe I didn't write the comment from Discovering SCP Episode 27 out of spite or to be salty. We, we were joking though, Hunter. Please don't. Yeah, we were, we were just teasing you. You're fine. Sorry if it came across otherwise. In hindsight, I guess I did write the comment with the intention of highlighting that SCP-1730 was too big for your videos and you should have instead kept the original four SCPs per video. Well, who's laughing now? Yeah, yeehaw, buddy. I usually write <laughs> these comments with no intention of conveying emotions like anger, anger salt, spite. It's very strange that salt has like become an actual emotion now. It's, yeah. like, it's like hangry. And instead, try to write my honest thoughts with no ill intentions. I'm sorry, uh, we didn't. I feel Hunter. really bad now, like Hunter. You don't have to do the press conference uh, apology. I feel, like, I feel like we bullied you. Now I'm really sorry. Uh, Hunter. Please forgive us. We didn't mean it. Hunter, that was yeah. so, so regardless, this video was a great idea after the last two, and I'm thankful for it. Thanks, man. It also made me think of SCP-2764. <laughs> Wait, Tan, you skipped the part where we got we got our dick sucked a little bit. Uh, Our, uh, I sadly don't share Tan Honey or Darnell's extravagant sense of humor or personality. Oh, has there been a them, especially the interpreter in my comments as spite or salt. I'm sorry. It also made me really, think really sorry. SCP. I feel so shit. Two seven six four. You know what this is like? This is like when you tell someone, uh, uh, fan. You're just like, oh, <laughs> that's what this reminds me of. So it also made me think of SCP-2764, The Eldritch Antarctic by Chowell, which I believe Darnell might enjoy after piecing together the joke SCPs in this video. Then again, it's been a while since I read it, so hopefully it hasn't changed and Darnell will enjoy it. Maybe we'll check it out next time. Yeah, well, we appreciate the suggestion. Sorry again. We feel really bad. We were just trying to, like, tease a little bit. Um, you're totally good, Hunter Spadafora. I hope there's no issues. Uh, we we have no ill will towards you. We feel very bad. I'll call them off. No. Right, Tan? Yeah. yeah. Call off the dogs. Comedy <laughs> Man comedy what dog. Comedy Man Kelp says, Damn, I bet whoever left the comment you read at around 3255 is really handsome. I disagree. Dino Tales says, Will you guys ever reach just, the app? Hmm? Uh, I was saying the comedy... You're cutting out. I can barely understand funny, you I think he was linking to his question. Okay, give me a second. Hold on. Let me fix my internet, all right? Wait for me. Wait for me, Tan. Hello? Hi. Testing? Uh, oh. Hi. Hi. Hello? Uh-oh. Oh, no. Oh, dear. <laughs> I'm logging down the time for this. It's going to have to be cut out. <laughs> Collapse at the finish line. Don't know. Don't oh, know. God. <laughs> Should we keep going? Or... Oh, no. <laughs> He's, uh... <laughs> uh, 
Oh, he's trying so hard, though. It's like it's like the fucking shocking him to restart his heart. <laughs> it's, it's it's like we're standing over him with a defibrillator, just like clear. To... Get back! Come on! I'm not gonna lose you. He has a strong heart. He wants to live. <laughs> he wants to live, Doctor. Come on! Uh, his serious face. It's funny every time because every time he hops back into the call, his profile picture comes back up, and it's just that face staring at me. And uh, it is very disconcerting. It's like it pops up and it's staring, and then it goes away. And then it comes back. What and does staring. he do to his Discord? I don't understand how this, this sequence of events. Actually, he's on his mobile now. Oh, he's on his phone. He's typing. Oh, he's typing. He's typing. He's typing. Still for he me. Says, still for me. Uh, oh, his okay. English skills have deteriorated. <laughs> he's uh, he is becoming less of it. I'm not even sure whether I can cut this out anymore because this, this is like technically content now. I was gonna say this is uh, it's like um, it's like a, a news broadcast of a car chase. It's like waiting it's for like... Gutter. <laughs> Where is he now? Oh, oh. oh he's back. Sorry, Doctor, he lives. So the comment. I, it was funny to me because I, I think the joke was he was uh, or they were linking to their uh, other question we answered, yeah. but that was just. For that timestamp, so it sounded like it was it was someone else's question. So it's now it's flirting. Oh, Dino Sorry, what Tail uh, says, "Will you guys ever read the archived and decommissioned SCPs?" Yeah, that's up to Tan. Oh, cool. An account, yeah, maybe. An account says, "Reach a tolerated to listen to discovering SCP on loop for the next fifteen years while being exposed to constant cock and ball torture." <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> You're tolerant, and why? Don't, don't you worry about that yet. <laughs> Irregular. Is that, is that a compliment to us or an insult? I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, Irregular42 says the title actually made me think that we were going to get the end of SCP 1730. <laughs> it sounds like something Darnell would say about the end of the rescue. No, despite popular belief, or, or belief, I don't really like like Marvel superhero movies and stuff. No. They're just not my cup despite of tea. Popular I watched Endgame. I watched Endgame and Infinity War because my friends made me, but it was like, whatever. Didn't you cheer when Cap picked up the Goblin Bill? No, I did not give a fuck because I hadn't <laughs> seen the 80 other movies that made it more significant. I can't believe you didn't even see Ant-Man Part 3 Return of Wasp. I saw Thor Ragnarok, I saw Infinity War, and I saw Endgame. I didn't see the original Avengers, I didn't see any of the other movies. I, I had some experience when I saw the original Avengers, because I hadn't seen any of the movies leading up to it. <laughs> Alright, so what's going on? What's next? Uh, Anika Paratka says, I'll finish writing this comment later. Funny reference. Fair enough. The Rock. Uh, Log Log yeah. says, sorry about the confusion, the question is an inside joke of mine, in reference to the comment on the previous video, uh, where they asked if Darnell was Chinese, which he is not. To which I said... No worries, haha. We were just confused. Um, yeah, no. we we went on like a we went on like a mini detective thing trying to figure out why he thought I was Chinese. And I was like, is it because we say like weeaboo words and that sounds like Chinese, even though it's Japanese? Is it because I have like a Chinese accent somehow? What could it be? And, uh, and, and we, yeah, we still don't we know. It out now. Yeah, no, they said it was an inside joke. Oh, okay, that explains it. Yeah, but I don't know how. We yeah, but I don't know what the inside joke is though. So. <laughs> All right, so who's next? Uh, Melvin Sherman, right? Melvin Sherman says, um, Hi, writer, GI thing and SCP website. Please, I was going to do this, but I do not have Hotmail. And I hate douchebag talk shit. Um, Wait, what the hell are you reading? I don't see that comment. Uh, oh, maybe... I, I'm not sure. <laughs> I see it. Maybe, 
Maybe the only, did, it maybe it like had did you approve it? Because sometimes uh, when there's like a raunchy comment, the the owner has to approve it, and no one else can see it. Because I can't see it. Uh, I see it. All right. Well, well what's it say? Um, it says, well, hi, right said you, I think, an SCP website. Please, I was going to this, but I do not have Hotmail, and I hate douchebag talk shit. And I hate douchebag talk shit? Yeah. Uh, so Am not, I douchebag? I'm not sure what it means. Uh, so, and he also says, in a separate comment, here, few idea, just do them in this. A, the color out of space ripoff with the chaos insurgency. A, zombie outbreak with the global occult coalition. I'll get around to that. I'm confused. Am I douchebag? I guess you are. And foul comment. <laughs> are we the douchebags? <laughs> are we? <laughs> and finally, Chris Carlson says, "You cheeky fuck! I love the ending, Tanny. Thanks, man." I also don't see the Chris Carlson. I just approved comment. that one because that one was health review. I just approved it. Okay, let me. Here, I'm refreshing. But well, it's too uh, late. I already read it? it now. I'm not lying. That's what it says. <laughs> Okay, what did it say again? You cheeky fuck. I love the ending, Tanhany. <laughs> oh, yeah. The the fake out 5,000. Right, yeah. So uh, it took a, long, a bit longer than I thought, but uh, part two of yeah. the comments will be up tomorrow. No. Um, <laughs> I feel really bad, Cactus. I was like, hey, can you stay for questions? And there was one question, two questions Whee! for Cactus. I helped. We did it. <laughs> yeah, it did help. It was a lot of fun to have you on. I would love to have you again. Oh, of course. I will be always, I'll be sitting by the phone waiting. And I, will, I will not move from the phone. There's one There's one gift we can give you, even though it probably won't help uh, you, given your popularity in the community that watches us. Is but Tanhony, do you know what it's time for? It's the uh -oh. plug zone. Yeah. Do the jingle. Oh, I fucking forgot the jingle. <laughs> you, you change it every time. I thought that was the joke. The plug zone. Welcome. Oh, that's it. We're in the plug zone now. Nice. All right. What do you uh, got? Plug? You got anything you want to plug? Oh, I get to plug stuff. Oh yeah. shit. Uh, okay. Well. Um... Oh damn. Uh, you got fuck. a Twitter, right? Yeah. I mean, I've got a Twitter. I don't care about that. Um, you guys should read. Let me see if I can find it here real quick. Mm -hmm. uh, for the people at home, hang on one second. Let me see if I can find it. Let me see if I can find it. It's I am not prepared. Don't worry. Don't worry. Uh, we can do our plugs first if you want. I don't have. Any yeah, plugs. do your plugs first. Do your yeah, do, do your plug. plug ten Royal Road April Space. Oh yeah, I'm writing a web serial on April Royal Road it's called April Space. Uh, mm -hmm. If it got its first review today, so I'm pretty happy about that. What uh, was it like? An official review or like a comment? Well, there's no official reviews. It was like a comment. The first time anyone's ever commented. But, it, so but like, I mean, were they just like, that. wow, this is good? Or was it like a, a, a little pair? It was a little nice sentence that I liked. It said it was, back in, it was called by, uh, it was called Bacchano in Space. So if you like Bacchano and you like space, maybe check it out. Both <laughs> great things. I like it. Honestly, I'm enjoying Aetheral Space. Um, I think it's cool. It's very anime, which is up my alley. Okay. Uh, if you want to check it out, you can go to Royal Road. Tanhoney will throw a link down below. You can also go on our channel and listen to the audiobooks if you don't mind dipshits arguing about stuff and making jokes in between. Uh, I, um, I have a Twitter and stuff, but I don't really care about that. Uh, so uh, End of Death Day is coming up, which is the anniversary of the day that End of Death was posted. And Captain Kirby, who is a good friend of mine and a really, really great writer, is planning some 
kind of crazy thing uh, for End of Death Day. I don't know all the details of it. I've just seen some bits and pieces here and there. So my plug is whenever that thing launches, go read it. Kirby is super talented uh, and deserves all the credit that he well deserves. Um, and I think everybody should give that one a chance. It's probably going to be a bit of a long one, but um, I think it's going to be really good. And End of Death is fun, and I got to write for it one time. So for I vote sure. DJ Cactus. Have we have we read any Captain Kirby we articles have, yet, Tan? That name sounds familiar. We I have? I don't think we have yet. Are there you, any in the gen... We're at, like, what, Series 3? Are there any there that we could add for this week's episode? Because we're going to post this probably Thursday, maybe Friday, and then still have our regular week upload. Because hmm. we feel really bad about the joke episode. It was, like, fucking god-awful. <laughs> I don't I don't know if he... I, I, feel like, I, was like, I feel like he started in the 4,000 block, but I'm not sure. But okay. yes, go go read more Captain Kirby. Read more Captain Kirby. Read more uh, Hippo. Read more Tufto. Oh, I can't wait till we reach Hippo. Oh man, Hippo is both the best and the worst person who ever existed. So read <laughs> all those people. Um, yes, upvote up to Cactus, and I love you. Yeah, and downvote Tanhoney. Downvote Tan. No, no, Tanhoney. Downvote me. I downvote a- your life. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you're by your bedside at night. Downvote this. I think the saddest thing uh, I wanted to mention this earlier when you said you before the thing when you mentioned you've deleted some before Cactus is when Tanhoney started on the wiki he was 14 and he's deleted his a lot of his earlier SCPs and I wish he hadn't because I would love to. Read I them. also wish he hadn't. Also, Hold I did on. not realize that you were uh, 14 when you started. Yeah, I was pretty. <laughs> I only deleted the ones that yeah, were he, in the negatives already. It was illegal. Purely so that I, yeah. they wouldn't be deleted by someone else. So you're oh. you're there's, you're younger than I am. Then you're just a baby Tan, boy. Tan yeah. Honey's like 26, I think. 25. Uh, 24. Oh my 24. gosh, he's such a little baby boy. Yeah, he's 24, I'm 22. What about you, Cactus? I'm fucking 28. I'm an old man. I'm practically geriatric. Oh, not that bad. Oh, I'm a bones. Not right. until you hit 30. Once you hit 30, you instantly become an old person. That's true. 30 is boomer era. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> boys. Well, thanks for having me. Again, I appreciate I can't wait to listen to it. It's going to be a shit show. Yeah, thanks for coming. We had a great time. We're going to splice this together. I feel like it's going to be a longer one. I didn't splice keep track of the time. What, what do you mean? There was, there was no issues. Oh, right. It was one continuous podcast. <laughs> uh, I, I wasn't keeping the time on it today, but I think based on when we started the call and the time it is now, plus the thing that we're not splicing, I think this is going to be a two and a half to three hour episode. I think it's around Dog two hours. List. No, 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 because we started at, like, 3.30, right? Oh, no, we talked for a bit at the beginning. Yeah, I, I can see the time on my thing here. I know how long it's going to be. Yeah, but I forgot we also, like, chatted for a hot minute before mm-hmm. recording. Okay, so that is all. Uh, bye! Bye! Bye!